know my name. Every voice, let's raise this real big. Say, oh, how you walk with me. And oh, how you walk with me. Oh, how you talk with me. And oh, how you walk with me. Oh, thank you for communion. And oh, how you tell me I am your Come on, build your worship from there. Build your worship from there. Y'all already know how I am. Come on, continue to build your worship from there. Glory to God. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It is another day for you to be alive, and we thank God for it. Come on now. You know how to end that praise. You know how to end that worship. You got to let God know that you're thankful for another day. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. 
Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, everybody. And welcome to Waking Up with the Prophet, where we wake up each and every weekday morning with fresh inspiration, motivation, and a little bit of music to start our day. Not sure where you're listening from. If you're on your way to work, coming home from work, already at work, somewhere working out. Maybe you called off work today. Whatever the case may be, we still want to make sure that you're starting your day off the right way, meaning with the right people, right conversation, right mindset, right attitude, right, right, right spirit, right, all that good, right stuff. I just believe by faith that when you start your day off the right way, when you start your day off with God, with the right habits, the right routine with the right music guess what everything tends to go better in your life not saying you ain't gonna have no bumps and bruises no ups and downs no hang-ups no no beat-ups no no aggravations irritations and frustrations because you're definitely gonna have some of that but the great thing about god is guess what he allows you to understand who he is and where he all, all of that great stuff that makes you be you you know what i'm saying especially as you continue to come through him with prayer you know what i'm saying as you continue to come through him with the proper understanding of who he is and what he wants you to be oh yeah you're against you'll begin to understand him completely better. But with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into prayer. Y'all know how I am. I don't believe in starting this room without praying. So let's go ahead and open up with a little word of prayer really quickly. And then we coming right back with more music, more conversation, more check-in, more word, more inspiration, more encouragement, all that good stuff. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's keep this show going. Let's take this moment to get to prayer and then we're going to be right, right back. All right. Let's go. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you right now. God, we just give you glory, praise, and honor for who you are, God, what you're doing in our life. God, we thank you for your mercy, your power, your peace, and your love. God, we thank you, oh God, just for showing up and showing out as you always have. God, we come to you, eternal Father, give you glory, praise, and honor just for you being God and God all by yourself. God, as we come to you in the first part of our day, God, we surrender all to you, God. We give you the entirety of our day right now, God, as we take this moment of you, oh God. Father, we give you the first fruits of our day, and we say, God, have your way on our in our day and our life. God, we thank you for being Lord of the universe. God, we thank you, oh God, for the fruit of the vine. God, we thank you, oh God, for the bread of the field. God, we thank you for the for the uh for the uh fish of the sea. God, we thank you, oh God, for the animals. God, we thank you, oh God, for all that you have given us. God, we thank you, oh God, that you woke us up in our right mind with a sober mind, with a mind to want to be a blessing to you and your people. God, we thank you, oh God, that you woke us up with a mind to want to receive from you, God. And we thank you, oh God, that you woke us up with new grace and new purpose on today, that you gave us a new mercy on today. God, we thank you, oh God, that you have given us an assignment and a task to fulfill on today, oh God, that you did not put us here without purpose, oh God, but you birthed us here with purpose and an assignment. So we thank you for it right now in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you that even as we came closest to death, as we slept and as we slumbered on last night, you protected our family, you protected our finances, you protected our faith, God, you protected our home. God, we thank you, oh God, for your protection and your provision. God, we thank you that even as we go forth on today, you'll continue to provide for us, God. You will continuously navigate us, oh God, in the direction that you will want us to be, God. We thank you, oh God, that even now you are downloading into us the agenda of heaven that we'll know how to move throughout the earth, oh God. We thank you that even now you are downloading into us wisdom, knowledge, oh God. We thank you that you're downloading into us patience, love. God, we thank you, oh God, that you're giving us the secrets and the mysteries that we need to live, thrive, and survive. God, we thank you, oh God, that you're decoding the path and the projects that you have set for us, oh God. We thank you that you're revealing the plan that you have in store for us, oh God. And we thank you for every 
for every opportunity that you are giving us, God. We ask that you increase our faith, oh God. Increase our discipline. Increase our discernment, oh God. Increase our ability to make the proper decisions that we need to make, oh God, for our future and for our life. Father, in the name of Jesus, give us a new perspective, oh God, as we go into the future. Give us a new perspective as we go into this day, oh God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, oh God, because even as we gain a new perspective, oh God, that you're cultivating our reactions, oh God, that you're cultivating our responses, oh God, that you're closing our mouth, oh God, causing us to be quick to hear and slow to speak. And we thank you, oh God, that as we pray these things now, it is happening. We thank you that you are giving us dominion and authority. We thank you, oh God, that you have given us dominion and authority, oh God, to walk into rooms and spaces and change the atmosphere. God, we thank you, oh God, that you're giving us the authority, oh God, to be the light in dark spaces. God, we thank you, oh God, for the wisdom, oh God, that you're pouring into us, oh God, and causing us to walk forth in. God, we thank you. And Father, even now, God, as we come before you, oh God, with the heart of appreciation, oh God, with the heart of gratitude, oh God, and supplication, God. We also take a moment to repent of every sin, transgression, and iniquity. Father, if there's anything in us, oh God, that causes us to be separated from your word, your power, your presence, and your love, God, we ask that you'll remove it right now in the name of Jesus. Remove all forms of bitterness, anxiety, depression, all forms of lust, oh God, all forms of perversion, God. Anything, oh God, that causes us to be separated from the mind of God, we ask that you'll remove it in the name of Jesus. Every person, every plan, every plot, every place that the enemy tries to use against us. Father, we rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. God, we ask that you remove it right now in the name of Jesus. Father, let us have a sound mind. God, remove all forms of fear, oh God, from the people of God. Remove all forms of doubt, oh God, and replace it with power and confidence, oh God. God, replace it with faith, oh God, in you, God, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, oh God, because we receive it now as we pray. God, as we pray, we receive it now, God. We receive your power. We receive your love. We receive your strength, God. Father, even as we walk into this day, oh God, God, we ask that you continuously cover this room, God. Cover every co-host, oh God. Cover every colleague, every co-worker, every classmate that's connected to us, oh God. Every covenant connection that we have, God. We ask that you continue to bless it, oh God. God, continue to strengthen it, oh God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, oh God, that this space, oh God, will be positively impactful to the people, oh God, that is connected to it, oh God. We ask, oh God, that this ministry, oh God, will positively positively impact every person that encounters it in the name of Jesus. God, we speak by faith that we shall be educational, entertaining, and edifying in the name of Jesus, God, that every personal God that will begin to encounter, oh God, shall be blessed. Father, we ask that you will open us up, oh God, to be a blessing unto others. God, open us up to receive whatever you have for us, oh God, to bless other people, God, whether that may be a prophecy, a healing, a hug, a financial miracle. God, we ask that you will open us up to continuously be a blessing to others. That they'll see the glory of God, that they'll begin to see the power of God, that they'll begin to see the wisdom and the strength and the love of God. God, we ask that you'll open our heart, God, to receive you. God, remove the stony heart, oh God. Unstop our ears that we'll hear you. God, remove the scales from our eyes that we'll be able to see you. Father, anoint our hands that everything we touch shall be prosperous. Everything that we touch shall be productive. Father, anoint our feet that everywhere we go shall be a place of prosperity and we shall cause it to prosper. In the name of Jesus, God, anoint our mouth that everything we speak, oh God, shall be thus saith the Lord God. Father, we thank you, oh God, that our words shall be accountable, God. God, we thank you, oh God, that you're giving us the strength, oh God, to stand on our word, God. God, we thank you that you're strengthening us, oh God, as Hans feet. God, we thank you, oh God, that you're strengthening us, oh God, and putting a stable foundation into us, a stable infrastructure into us. God, we thank you that it is happening now as we pray. Father, we take this moment in our day 
still, God, to pray and to get our mind right because we know that you are the author and the finisher of our work. God, we know that you are Alpha and the Omega. We know that only you can do what you do. So we say thank you even now. We say thank you even now for providing everything, for meeting every need. God, we speak over to the, over this atmosphere. God, we speak over this time frame. God, we speak over this space, oh God. We ask that you will show up, oh God, and move like you always move. God, throw your weight around as you always do. God, be into the conversation with God and let somebody be healed. Let somebody be blessed, oh God. God, let somebody receive their breakthrough. Let somebody receive their miracle. God, let somebody receive insight, oh God, on something that they've been stuck on, God. Let them receive uh, insight, wisdom, and strategy on how to get to the next level, God. God, let them receive something from this conversation that'll make their faith and their thinking go to another level. And we thank you, God, because as we pray these things, we believe that we have the authority of your sons and your daughters, God. So we thank you because it is so. We thank you, God, because it is so. We believe by faith that it is so, God. We thank you that no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. So as we speak these things, God, we shall go forth in the faith thereof. But you said, oh God, if we have the faith of a mustard seed, we'll be able to say unto mountains, be removed, and they shall be cast into the sea. So God, we stand on that very same faith, oh God. And we believe by faith that as we speak these things, God, so shall they be. God, we believe by faith, oh God, that you're increasing our money on today. We believe by faith that you're increasing our faith on today. We believe that you're increasing our love on today. And we thank you. Yes, God, we thank you for your glory. We thank you for your power and we thank you for your presence. God, go before us as we go throughout the day. God, fight against those things that are fighting against us. God, keep us focused. Keep us concentrated, God. Remove all forms of distraction right now in the name of Jesus. Father, everything that is sent to destroy us, distract us, discourage us, God, dismantle us, oh God, we ask that you'll remove it right now in the name of Jesus. Father, take away its power. And we walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. We walk in divine supernatural intelligence. We walk in the divine supernatural intelligence of the Holy Spirit. And we say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Now, if you don't take a moment for yourself, I ain't going to do the class. I need you to just take a moment for yourself and give God praise. We thank you for the supernatural, divine intelligence of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about y'all, but that's my new thing. I thank God for the supernatural intelligence of, of the Holy Spirit, because there are certain things that you don't know. But God says, guess what? I'm going to drop this into your spirit. I'm going to drop this into your ear. There are certain things that you hear and they'll somewhat discourage you. But I want to tell you that this is that moment where God says, I've given you the supernatural divine intelligence of the Holy Spirit. And as you begin to tap into his power, as you begin to tap into his presence and his mind that I've already put in you then you shall see the hand of God move. Listen, good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. Go ahead and clap it up. Go ahead and clap it up. Go ahead and get hyped. Good morning, we back. Y'all know I don't stay deep too long, hallelujah.
Hallelujah. I'm Holy Ghost and human at the same time. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right. All right. Welcome back to Waking Up with the Prophet, where we wake up each and every weekday morning with fresh inspiration, motivation, and a little bit of music to start our day. Not sure where you're listening from. If you're on your way to work, coming home from work, already at work, somewhere working out, maybe you called off work today. We still just want to make sure that you're still starting your day off the right way, meaning with the right people, right conversation, right inspiration, right mindset, right attitude, right personality, um, right music, all that good, right stuff, right prayer. I just believe by faith that when you start your day off the right way, with a little God, with a little Jesus, with all the Holy Spirit, you know what I'm saying? With the right things in your ear, with the right things in your spirit, it tends to go a little bit better. It tends to go, you know what I'm saying, in the in right way. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes when you always, uh, uh, always uh, digesting negativity, when you're always hearing bad things and things to discourage you, especially when it comes to people like God and the Holy Spirit, guess what? That tends to diminish your faith. But when you start waking up every morning and saying affirmations, when you start waking up every morning and hearing things how uh, about how God made a way and how God God showed up and how God did this and how God did that. Guess what? You begin to have a little bit more faith in that God. And I don't know about y'all, but this is the season where we need to start speaking up about the God we serve. I don't know about y'all, but my God makes a way. I don't know about y'all, but my God shows up. My God shows out. That's why I tell people, I don't care about what they say about prophets because most of my prophecies are written and, and you can bet most of them that came true. Why? Because my God is real. And I don't know about y'all, but y'all need to get to the point where we start testifying about what your God can do. Because I don't know about y'all, but I remember what I read in the Bible where a prophet went up on top of a hill and said, well, well let's do this. Let's see who God going to show up by fire. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's see who, who God going to show up. And I'm just one of them type of prophets that believe that if I continue to put my faith in God, God going to show up. With that being said, though, let me go ahead and cut into my next song. Y'all know how I love my music before we get started. The 8 o'clock hour is all about us getting devoted to God, us getting our mind right, putting our clothes together, getting our day started. So y'all know it's about music and the word. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and cut to another song real quick. I'm going to go ahead and ping some people in. We're going to share the room, get some people on here here. Because, you know, once nine o'clock, once nine o'clock hit and everybody start popping in this room, you'll never hear music again. So we're going to go ahead and cut to that sound break, ping some people in, and then we're going to get to the scripture of the day. Is that all right? All right, all right, all right. And it is Women's Day Wednesday, so we're going to go ahead and throw it to a, sh a throwback, too. It's going to be a quick little throwback. Watch this. Let's go. It's 8.30 a.m. It's time to stand up, stretch, and make you some breakfast. Ah, need you 
Good morning, good morning. We back. Oh, yeah. Come on. All the shoppers lose. Come on. You boundless now. You limitless now. I don't know about y'all, but this it's interesting. That song starts off in the corner of my mind. I just can't seem to find a reason to believe that I can praise her. See, that's the thing about it. When you shackle, it's not necessarily a physical thing. It's all mental. It's all mental. And when you realize that you're actually free, when you realize that God set you free, you actually have a life in Christ because you're no longer bound by your memories. You're no longer bound by what somebody told you. You're no longer bound by what somebody said. Guess what? Oh, you begin to walk in that freedom. And I don't know about y'all, but it feels good to walk in freedom. I don't know about y'all, but it feels good to walk in freedom when my mind is not bound by my fear of what was, what used to be, what I couldn't be. Oh, I don't know about y'all, but that gets me excited. But I ain't going to shout right there. That's why I got all them other great people that started coming in here and they they get us to shout. You know what I'm saying? That's why I got all them other prophets and apostles and doctors and theologians and experts. Because guess what? They'll come in here and shout us to, to glory. <laughs> but no, let's go ahead and get into the scripture of the day. Yeah, I know I love getting a little prayer, a little word in with a little gospel music. I tell people, you have to start your day off with the right routines. Oftentimes, you know what I'm saying? When we go throughout life and we go throughout the day or when we go throughout season itself, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes we don't see the, uh, the effects of the season and taking place as swiftly as we want it to. Prophet, make that make sense. Well, sometimes just because we go into spring doesn't mean that we still don't have to endure the cold in the morning. Many of us oftentimes get frustrated because we have to endure the cold in the morning, not understanding that if you can just make it through the day, you are, you are understand that there's warmth on the other side. There's heat on the other side. The old people said it like that. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. So I just wanted to encourage you. Just just, 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 just be strong. We always got to get a little worried in us. But when you start your routine off the right way with a little word in you, with a little gospel in you, with a little prayer in you, I'm telling you, it makes your day go a lot, lot better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I said a lot, lot. Yeah, that's how I said it. It's, it's big better. It's big better. <laughs> but no, scripture of the day first comes from 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Starting at the 20th verse, I'm reading to the 22nd verse. And this is from the New International Version brought to you by BibleGateway.com. And it reads, but Christ has indeed been risen from the dead. The first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all died, so in Christ will all be made alive. I'm going to read it one more time. I'm going to read it one more time so you can get it. It says, but Christ indeed, yeah, but Christ has indeed been risen from the dead, the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of death also comes through a man. For in Adam all died, in Christ all will be made alive. Listen. 
I ain't like I told you, I ain't one of them deep preachers. I ain't gonna take that and try to, you know, manipulate dip scripture and all that other stuff. I'm just gonna keep it plain and simple. It's through Christ that we're all made alive. I just told you that when you break the shackles off your mind, guess what? You'll be made free. And for many of us, that's how it is. It starts with Christ. It starts with our relationship with God. It starts with our relationship with knowing who God is as Christ. And because he is God as Christ, guess what? He has the ability to take over our life, tabernacle our life, and do what he will with our life, causing us to be free in him, free indeed. Guess what? There are things that's going to happen to you. But because you live a life through Christ, guess what? you'll still be made alive. People can't continue to knock you down, knock you back or beat you up or push you over. No. Why? Because God made you alive. God made you free in Christ. God released the shackles off your mind and off your being. So even if they try to kill you, guess what? You're going to come back and hunt them for the dead. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But no, real talk. Let me go ahead and get back to our next song before it's time for us to check in. Y'all know how it is each and every morning here on Waking Up With The Prophet. After we get our little word in, we like to check on each other. We like to care about each other. We like to see how our audience is doing. We like to see how other moderators are doing. We just like to show people that we care and we, you know what I'm saying, that we got some love for people. Because sometimes you never know how much it means to a person to just be like, okay, how's your day going? You know what I'm saying? It, it, it never hurts to be nice. And sometimes you never know how good it feels for a person to be nice to you. So every day we like to show a little gentle passion of love. You know what I'm saying? We like to, you know what I'm saying, check in with each other. But like I said, we're going to do that after our song. It's Women's Day Wednesday. It's Wisdom Wednesday. It's Winning Wednesday. Listen, it's all the Wednesdays you can call it. It's Wing Wednesday. Listen, they got 10 cent wings at Buffalo Wild Wings. Shout out to Buffalo Wild Wings because I love some chicken wings. So we're going to call it Chicken Wing Wednesday too. Amen. Whatever you want to call it, it's going to be that, that type of Wednesday. But no, let's get to the song and then we're coming right, right back. Give me you, everything else can wait. Give me you, I hope I'm not too late. Lord, give me you, Lord, give me you, Lord, give me you, Lord, give me you. Give me you, everything else can wait. Lord, give me you, I hope I'm not too late. Lord, give me you, Lord, give me you, Lord, give me you, Lord, give me you. Cause it's me, oh Lord I'm on my knees Crying out to Lord, give me you. Lord, give me you. Lord. 
God, give me you. Give me all of you. God, give me everything that you have to offer. With that being said, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Waking Up with the Prophet, where we wake up each and every weekday morning with fresh inspiration, motivation, and a little bit of music to start our day. Not sure where you're listening from. If you're on your way to work, coming home from work, already at work, so we're working out, maybe called off work today. We just want to make sure that you're still starting your day off the right way, meaning with the right people, right conversation, right inspiration, right mindset, right attitude, all that good, right stuff. Because I just believe by faith that when you start your day off with God, when you start your day off with a little Jesus, when you start your day off with a little bit of help, things get tend to go a little bit better. You know, not saying you ain't gonna have no ups and downs, no bumps and bruises. You ain't gonna have no, 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 no hangups, irritations, frustrations, aggravations, all that other stuff. Cause you definitely gonna have some of those. However, you know what I'm saying? When you begin to have faith in God, when you get into, when you begin to surround your mind with God and everything that He's doing in your life, and continue to focus on Him. Like I said, build that routine around Him. Daily seek Him. Say, God, give me more of You, so I can understand what You're doing in my life. Guess what? He'll begin to show up. He'll begin to show out. He'll begin to do the miraculous in your life. But you have to be willing to chase Him. You got to be willing to seek God. God. You know what I'm saying? Why it may be near. I don't know where that's at in the Bible. I think David said that somewhere in the Bible. He says, seek, I seek God daily where, where he is near. So you got to be willing to seek God. And this is that season where you to seek him with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your might. Why? Because he is real. He is there for you. He is waiting on you. But it, we got to be willing to cling to him. Amen. Amen. All right. So I ain't going to be too preachy because y'all know dang my job, dang my job. 
But it's time for us to check in. And y'all know how we check in each and every day here on Waking Up With The Prophet. We check in with our three daily questions. What's the, what's the weather? What's for breakfast? And how you starting your morning off? You know what I'm saying? How you starting the morning off? We got this new thing where we ask you, you know, rate yourself from a one to five. How you feeling on the scale of one to five? Are you a one? Are you a five? You know what I'm saying? Five being the best, one being the lowest. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and kick it off since I'm the only one on stage right now. The new prophet is on you. <laughs> All right. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So um, I'm probably starting my morning off real good. I'm probably at a five. I ain't going to be on and lie. I'm at a good five. Um, there are some doubts in the back of my mind that wants me to be at like a, a 4.9 or a four period or whatnot. But I'm going to continue to consider myself at a four or five today because I woke up with life, help and strength. I woke up with a desire on a with the desire to want to serve God and be a better person and to do all that I can to be a better person. So I'm feeling real, real good on today. Um, there's no breakfast for me right now. Y'all know how it is. I don't start eating until people start talking. So yeah, it ain't no breakfast. Um, but of course I'll start eating later on. Um, I'll probably go down there in the second on the next song break, get me like one of them little insurers. Cause you know, I love getting me some insurers, gain my little weight and whatnot. Um, as far as the weather, it is, uh, it's 55 degrees currently right now with a high of 84, 55 degrees right now with a current of uh, a high of 84. So it's going to be real hot today, real sunny today. I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, I'm thinking about going to get me a new phone today because yeah, anybody who knows me knows that I keep breaking phones. I'm always breaking phones and my iPhone 10 kind of broke and it's time for me to get an upgrade anyway. So I'm possibly going to go get me a new phone um, today. Other than that, I'm probably just going to be chilling, getting some work done, continuously praying um, as we go throughout the week. Because I'm noticing that sometimes as people go throughout the year, as people go throughout the season, they tend to lose momentum. You know, oftentimes, you know, as we go throughout the year, we start the year off, people say, oh, yeah, you're going to start the year off better. Things going to change for you this year. This is going to be your year. You know what I'm saying? And oftentimes... It, it tends to happen for some people. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying, they'll start picking up in March. Or things start shifting in March. Or things start shifting in February. But then sometimes with people, like I said earlier, the seasons don't always line up because of the conditions are normally the same. So they'll tell you, okay, well, as you walk into your 2023 year, this is going to be your jump year. This is going to be a different year. This is going to be your season. Well, sometimes, you know, they don't always work out because guess what? When you go into a new season, you oftentimes have to deal with the conditions of the old season. And a lot of times right now, or correction, what we're seeing happening right now is a lot of people are shifting over to the spring um, mindset, to the spring ideology, to the spring happiness. But conditions aren't lining up immediately. Things aren't lining up automatically. But that's why I said we got to build that routine, build that structure, build that structure to where those things begin to line up, the conditions begin to change. Because of course, you know what I'm saying, it's gonna start off cold. Yeah, it's gonna start off cold because it's, it's the winter is still leaving. You know what I'm saying? Even though winter's gone, it's still leaving. So we're gonna deal with a little cold in the morning. We're gonna deal with a little cold at nighttime. But at the same time, as we continue to progress throughout the day, I believe that God continues to show up. And that's what I'm believing by faith with my day. I believe that, you know, as I continue to progress throughout the day, that God is gonna show up. And that's one thing that I'm also keeping on my mind as I go throughout the week, because like I said, a lot of people have been losing momentum. Even me, I deal with this um, on some some type of level where we'll lose momentum. We'll lose that drive that we had in the beginning of the year, especially as we come into the second quarter. But I said that, God, I'm going to stay focused on you. I'm going to start waking up every morning on time, get my routine together, get my projects out on time. That way I have time to rest and have time to focus on what he's calling us to do. Because sometimes you can get burnt out. Sometimes you can get tired. But hey, 
God is calling you to, to push it to the next level. When you feel like you're getting ready to burn out, go relax. Take you a vacation. Have a moment to yourself. But don't give up. Don't get comfortable in quitting. You know what I'm saying? Don't be like one of those type of people that say, hey, yeah, I'm in college and college is hard, but let me take a semester off. Because oftentimes what happens? They'll take their semester off and never come back. And this is that season where God is saying, yes, you can take that time. You can take a semester to rest or whatever the case may be. But understand that it's time for you to go ahead and achieve what he is calling you to get. Go get that degree. Go get that business. Go get the millions that he called you to get. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't let that dream tire out. Don't let that dream burn out because I refuse to let you. But yeah, that's how I'm starting my day. You know what I'm saying? I'm starting my day off being motivated, being empowered, and chasing the bag. And, ch and when I say the bag, I mean the blessing and the grace that God has given me. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and pull to refresh, see what we are on the stage. Ain't nobody but me and Mama Lynn here. So I'm going to throw it over to Mama Lynn, and then we're going to be able to pop possibly pop into another song break before everybody starts showing up. Because, you know, people be late in church on some days, and then they want to show up when the conversation started wanting me to rehash. So and I ain't going to do all that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and let Mama Lynn check in, and get, you know what I'm saying, get a song break in, and then we're going to come back to our news and hot topics as always. Because I tell people all the time, ain't no point of always keeping a Bible in your hand if you can't never keep a newspaper, Instagram, or some type of outlet for more information in the other hand. I believe it's, it, it don't make no sense for us to be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. Guess what? Just because you know everything in the realm of the spirit don't mean you can't know nothing on earth. And th th that means you should know some on earth, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Mama Lynn, I'm throwing it to you. Do -do -do -do. <laughs> Good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, today is 45 here in Cincinnati, Ohio, with a high of 81 this afternoon. That means we're going to be scorching hot. Breakfast is normally my coffee uh, with my French vanilla. You know how I am. Uh, I am at a five. But uh, I got things working against me, so they trying to bring me down, and I refuse to, because I know God going to work this out. He's going to work it out. Uh, other than that, I think I'm about it. I got a red bar. Can you hear me, brother? Yes, ma'am. We can hear you. Okay. Um, other than that, just keep being my little friend in prayer. She's going through. And uh, that's about it for right now. You said your little friend is that the one um that lost her 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 her, 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 husband. her husband, right? Yes. yes okay. Yes. Yeah, been, we'll definitely keep been, it. It's been rough. In January, she lost her father. Then in March, she lost her grandmother, and now she done lost her husband. So she she she's a little done. She's a little done. Oh wow! Yeah, that must be very hard for her to deal with. Um, I can't even imagine having to lose all those people back to back, let alone just losing one person. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's real hard to deal with. But yeah, definitely let her know that we're gonna keep her in prayer and keep her lifted up because yeah, the enemy's out here trying to push all of us back. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, it's that season for us to actually, you know, accelerate. It's that it's that it's spring. It's time for us to harvest. It's time for us to blossom. But oftentimes, you know what I'm saying? Too much rain. Come on now. Rain is good, but too much rain can sometimes drown drown out your joy. Too much rain can sometimes drown out your happiness. So that's why God gives us just enough rain so we can have it to grow and we can have it to build. But at the same time, we got to learn how to also take that rain and apply it to our life and build from it. 
You know what I'm saying? So this is just one of her rainy days. But guess what? She got a people around her that cover her in the midst of her having those rainy moments, those rainy days. And I thank God for you because guess what? As you continue to cover her and strengthen her, we're going to be right here, you know, continuously covering you and strengthening you as well. With that being said, I see Jay Wyden popped in the room. Jay Wyden popped in the room and I'm stage. And Jay Wyden, we just into our check-in mood right now. Um, of course, it's Wednesday. It's hump day. And I don't know what it is, but I think some in the realm of the spirit trying to make sure everybody's day start off wrong. But, you know, here I am, as always, trying to make sure we all start our day off the right way. Because I just believe by faith that God is doing something new in our life. And I almost called this room prophesied to the pivot, but I, I, I just decided to call it let the, prop, let the prophet speak. But guess what? This is that scene where if a storm come, prophesy to that pivot. That, that's a moment to pivot. And all you got to do is be able to prophesy to that storm, to that situation, to whatever you're dealing with. Prophesy to it. Speak to it. And guess what? Things will begin to work out in your favor. I don't know who you're talking to or who in your circle, but I know a man named Jesus. And when Jesus had a problem, he began to talk to the people in his circle. And him and his homeboy had a problem. And he told his homeboy, guess what? Let's have a conversation. You got an issue. I got an issue. But guess what? My God got the solution. Go look in that fish mouth. And in that fish mouth going to be the answer to our solution. Get you around some people that can cover you and can help you get the answer to your solution. All right? All right, that was my 10-minute preaching. I'm done. JY, I'm throwing it over to you so you can go ahead and check in. Do -do -do -do. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. Big shout-out to my homeboy, John Paul, down there. I haven't seen him in years from my hometown, Cincinnati. Um, right now, it is about 70 degrees here in the suburban area of Austin, Texas. Um and i'm sitting at a good four right now to be honest um just put some air in my tire i'm gonna quit being lazy and go ahead and replace it but um no breakfast as of yet no breakfast right now we just um um big chilling uh, i got an important meeting today two meetings technically three but um yeah keep praying for your boy um that 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 the the pre-testimony that i spoke will come to pass huh hallelujah uh, Jay, what i just said prophesy to the pivot see something don't got to be a testimony we can prophesy to it it's gonna happen it's gonna happen the bible it's let us happen. know we can speak those things that are not as if they were no, they, exactly so we um but we doing good man i'm uh i'm in the um i'm in a really really great great mind space um, my house, my office is clean. I don't know what it is. My office was in shambles. And something was like, man, get this thing clean. So my kids was on punishment. <laughs> and I said, y'all woke y'all phone early. Come clean my office. They did a real good job of making my office look real nice um, and presentable. So, yeah, man, um, I'm great, man. I'm, I'm I'm in a really, 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 really good headspace. Um yeah, love you too, bro, man. Uh, John Paul was my neighbor. I'm, 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 uh, he does a podcast, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Great man of God. Amazing man of God. Uh, uh, yeah, man, I might have to get you up here with us one day. But, yeah, man, it's been real, man. I'm just, I'm all right. I don't know what's going on with everybody else, man, but I, I've been in those doom and glooms in, in, in a, a, a lot. And... I realize that every moment I do wake up gives me another chance to do better than I was able to do before. That means God still ain't done with me yet. When you realize God ain't done with you yet, there's still purpose in your life. There's still purpose for you to live and destiny for you to live. That's something to praise God about. 
that's something to really praise God about. So, um, yeah, man, we, we here, bro. I'm just, um, I'm excited. Can't wait for all the other preachers to get up in here. Finally, they be taking a sweet time, bro. We're going to switch it up on them one day and go straight into the topic. <laughs> and they're going to be like, oh, you start talking already. They be trying to time it to come See, in. That's the thing. I, I be already started talking at 8 o'clock. When 8 o'clock come in, I done already gave my pre-sermon message and speak. So by the time <laughs> they just show up, we done already got to the preaching part, the shouting part. So and they you come got, in and want to shout all over again. And then you got to reset all over again. See? It be the preachers. It be the main ones, the preachers. <laughs> bruh. Bruh. Nah. I got to get these kids. I be having to get these kids ready, so... I'm like, I don't feel like having to fuss with my kids and then go on mute. And then I don't want to be, you know, yelling at kids and realize I ain't on mute. And then everybody <laughs> hear me yelling at my daughter or my son. Though so my daughters or my son or my wife fussing at me. So it's no telling. Man. Yeah, be just like Rashonda. <laughs> I let the kids. Man, hey, I kid you not. I feel like when she, when it's her turn to check in, them kids turn up. They look at, they, they look at each other like, it's time to go down. <laughs> it's about to go down. It's right. About to go down. <laughs> Eli, they actually they always turn it up every time she go up you. <laughs> and so she said, Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. <laughs> every time, never fail. <laughs> Listen, I love it though. Listen, they're gonna grow up with the right spirit and the right attitude because of us. <laughs> I'm definitely believing that, my faith for real, for real. I, I think it's gonna be good when we have Youth and Young Adults Day next week and we talk about some of the things that the youth are actually dealing with and how we can like be better at, like, at, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Be better at facilitating their growth and their development to be honest i think that there are a lot of conversations that we bypass because it's like oh the kids don't got no bills they don't got nothing to worry about they don't got no stress they don't got no issues they don't got no pressure when truth is they actually do i think a lot of kids um you know 19 and under 18 and under still deal with a lot of things that are causing these mass shootings that are causing these incidents where they fear for their life like you know we we used to cover news and hot topics so you know to hop into that as a little segue into that we seen you know recently the little 16 year old that got shot then there was another little incident where somebody else had uh, killed some a bunch of kids and it's like why are we always seeing these kids being involved in this we should be better at protecting them like I don't know what's going on with that, but yeah, we definitely gonna have a good time with that conversation next week, Jay. Man, I about to say, man, if you if you ever seen the movie Terminator, you'll know why. And I'll leave it at that. I Look, ain't you, never seen. Yeah, I was just like, I ain't never seen Terminator. Oh, you never seen any of the Terminators? No. So listen, the Terminator. I'm 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 gonna go with Terminator Two. Terminator Two. Uh, they send back. I think it's called Skynet. They send back this guy. He they go he go by T one thousand to kill John Carner when he was a child. John Carner is was going to be the one to lead the revolution against Skynet. So they wanted to kill him because before he became who he is. Mm. That's exactly wow. what was going on. The child, the youth are attacked because people are trying to take the the enemy is trying to take them out before they become who they are, and then. The ones that don't die then feel a sense of, you know, lost hope or or lack of passion, so they don't dig deep into what God wants them to go to. Like as a child, I had no choice; I had to go to church, 
And right. a lot of the stuff I did wasn't just on Sunday. I was at church in the choir. I was in church in junior usher and junior deacon. I did so many things where I was constantly being poured the love of God into. And I was fortunate that God, my, my people's had me at a church that truly loved God. And we had our issues, but when it was all said and done, we all had a desire to truly, truly love God. And so what we're doing now is we're bringing in a sense of fear and we're bringing in a sense of distraction, all these different things. And I know we're jumping in ahead and I don't mind repeating again next week, but all these things is happening and it's causing the children to no longer feel a sense of purpose. Their purpose is being on TikTok. You know what I mean? This their purpose or their purpose is, is doing this and that and the other and not any not act, learning how to truly seek God in these moments. And I believe there's going to be a remnant that's going to rise up of young people that's going to really be bold about who truly God is. And I believe their voice will be loud. Let's go, I believe it's going to be someone that is well known too, who's going to really be a strong advocate of the agenda of Jesus Christ. So, um, I mean, we kind of already see that playing out a little bit with um, Black China. Yeah. Well, she's, but she's, she's still is it that's the beginning and i feel like people are still skeptic but because you see a, and which because the person for her was so far on one side of the spectrum to now switch back to the other side there's going to be others that's going to really be you know rising up i mean younger folk like china my china's kind of grown you know what i mean but like even those that are younger that has stronger has strong influence with young people um but yeah, that's what's going on, man. They just, it's, it's literally trying to destroy the future. Like my like my girl said, uh, Whitney Houston, I believe the children are the future. You know, so you know, we'll, we, we it's going to be a great topic next week. It it is because I'm writing down points because now that I think about it, it makes it so interesting because so many people, especially if we look at like the government right now, um, so many of them, especially like. I, what's it called? The right wing or the left wing? I don't know. One of them wings. Um, one of them wings is <laughs> one of the wings. The chicken wing. Focus. You said what? The chicken wing. <laughs> the chicken wing. Look, it's it's already chicken wing Wednesday. <laughs> Look, the left wing or the right wing. One of them wings. Um, is already advocating for you know pulling certain things like they making certain laws all in the name of kids, you know what I'm saying? But I don't believe that agenda is always right. You know what I'm saying? I believe, I get what they're saying because we should protect our kids, but I don't think that's protecting our kids. Like, I'm confused on how we should be protecting our kids. Like, you know, because some people are saying that. Like, we got to protect our kids. It's the future, you know what I'm saying? The kids are the future. And I get it, but I don't see nobody protecting the kids for the future. And what these white people doing, I think, is 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 somewhat stupid. I think what it is is not. It's just children are always ignored. Like I mentioned yesterday, like I go to countless countless services um, where the prophetic is flowing, the prophetic this, prophetic release, prophetic explosion, prophetic, 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 and adults are in there with their children, and the only ones that are getting words are the adults. No one is speaking into these children. Like, can you imagine? Oh, my Soto Bosiki. Can you imagine a child coming into church because they was drugged there and and they was there and then all of a sudden the obedient prophet or whoever or a real prophet speaks to that child's life and literally that moment right there 
was the moment that changed them to become the walk in the direction that God called them to that moment right there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then now instead of them hanging out with Ray Ray and Boom Boom and them, now they're hanging out with the other people from church and they sign up for youth programs and going to youth groups and then and then going to uh, do things as far as outreach and stuff like that. One word. That's oh my God, man. I'm getting really goosey over here, man. One word to a youth can literally change a nation. And 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 and, and so we're distracted because people want to hear the wonderful fluffy things about having a house and having the car and, and having money from here and money from there and this and that and the other thing when you can tell a child that God is saying that he's going to use your creative hands to do some miraculous things in this world I don't know what it is and I'm just being silly in my prop being silly but you just tell a child this and that and the other mm -hmm. and then it can literally spark something that was in them that is the seed that can be planted to grow and spread across everywhere. Where I live at in Texas, man, they got these beautiful wildflowers in the middle of the road, man, like in the middle of the highway. And I'm like, all these beautiful flowers all spark started from one seed. And so now I get to enjoy a beautiful um, sight when I'm driving from one seed. Imagine if these a, a prophet was obedient enough because granted, they're not gonna get a whole bunch of shouts and rah rah rahs from this particular child, and the child may not have, you know, a fifty dollar seed to sow into them or a hundred dollar seed to sow into them. So, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna speak to a child because I can't get nothing back. But you don't realize what God had dropped in my spirit the other day was when you are obedient to Him, He'll bring other obedient people into your life. Come on now, that's good. So, so if you're obedient to him, you expecting, like you said, look into the fish, he'll bring you a fish to look into, to pull out um, uh, 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 coins and gold and, and money and whatever else that you need to fulfill your life and sustain. So right. I, I, um, that's going to be my, my new employer. Like, and then, you know, when my wife and I launch, that's going to be our thing too. Like speak to the children. I'm going to do a whole, I'm going to do a whole service where it's a youth prophetic service i want to teach that i want i want young people to start prophesying to each other and pouring into and, and and any prophet that come into the house is going to have to know that you're not going to just prophesy to adults you're going to prophesy to these children too because these kids need to know what the heck they need to do in their life as well so no jay wow that's real good because truth is like you're completely right prophecy isn't just for i think um kids and i think that's why a lot of people get confused i mean not adults that's what i mean prophecy isn't just for adults alone and i think that's why a lot of people get confused because they think okay well you're supposed to prophesy a lot of people out of these situations well no truth is prophecy is only to reveal you know the future and no one needs to hear more about their future and their purpose than the youth and young adults that we're surrounded by now granted yes that's how my ministry started off period just prophesying to people revealing their purpose i told people a long time ago i got fed by giving people you know what i'm saying by feeding other people by revealing vision to them when it came to me you know what i'm saying restoring vision to the blind it was those who are spiritually blind and did not know their purpose and i think oftentimes for our youth and young adults it's not that they're spiritually blind to not know their purpose but oftentimes things have to be revealed to you or you have to be exposed to those things to know that there's a greater a greater level of opportunity and potential most kids 
kids think that, oh, I can only get to this level by dribbling the ball. Most people only think that I can get to this level if I sing. When the truth is, there are other avenues and other opportunities that will afford our young black kids a or a way uh, to get to the next level. But we don't have too many people that will prophesy or expose and reveal those things to them. Uh, us as black people, the minute we, we get a come up, guess what? It's a secret. Think about it. You know what I'm saying? The minute we get to come up, it's a secret. Rather than helping our black kids, our family around us, or even our own community come up still the same way we did. We don't like passing us that type of stuff down. When I think truth is, those are the things that we should pass down. You know what I'm saying? I agree. I think we just... <sighs> we kind of got it all wrong. And we... we the Bible even speaks about it in the talents when the people all had those different talents and some went, one went and buried it and we're burying our talents. That's what we're doing. Yeah. And, and God called us to spread what we was giving to multiply it. Uh, multiplication doesn't necessarily mean that I'm flipping my money and I'm getting more. Multiplication means that I'm, I'm developing more souls in the, in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. and, and those souls are developing more souls and those souls are developing more souls those souls are developing more souls that means purpose is birth and purpose and we have like i said we, we like you said we literally take whatever is good and we run and hide and duck with it and not want to share because we're afraid of someone taking it and it's funny man fear is what drives us it's fear it's, it's no longer love. It's no longer power. And it's definitely not a sound mind because we ain't thinking with a sound mind. We're not thinking straight. We're not having no business. <laughs> it's, it's literally fear is what's driving everyone now. This day. I don't want to fellowship with other churches because I'm afraid I'm going to lose my members. I don't want to I don't want to um, speak to these kids because I'm afraid that I'm not going to get a seed. That's what it is. Is no longer love is the, dri dr the the driving force, and you know it's sad. It's sad, and I and, and I'm gonna tell you this right now. As if my name ain't James Alexander Yancey, uh, I am going to preach that everywhere. The love of God, and you hear me say it. You, it's very consistent. Every time I get frustrated in here and I get mad, it's because I feel like we ain't showing love. We're acting in a place of of a rival. Like no. Like we have to really bring forth that and quit acting all afraid and scared, you know. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's the body of Christ in itself. Like, oftentimes, you know, I think the body of Christ does a disservice to other people by not showing the love of God in, you know, the the, the simplest ways. You know what I'm saying? We love to do things, you know, uh, as an excuse, but not do things because it's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we'll do, we'll do things because it's right. We, we do it as an excuse. Oh, well, I'm supposed to do that. Well, I'm supposed to mind my own. Like, no, this is that time where we have to be more cognitive of what God is calling us to do as, as we, you know, push into purpose. Because I think now we all have the opportunity to be more successful. We all have the opportunity to be greater in our own wits and all of that good stuff. But what's the point of us getting to that place getting to that 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 arrival if we don't reach back what is the point of us getting to that place of you know you know i made it i'm here you know what i'm saying i'm doing good for myself if we never reach back and say hey i'm gonna you know extend the olive branch to somebody else to help bring them out and i think oftentimes in our community that's what we've done like we never extend our olive branch we want to build bridges to new places while burning the old bridges that got us to where we are
Exactly. And I think, honestly, Lynn, you had said something. I'm trying to remember. My daughter came out here and distracted me. Um, I, I can't remember right now. Let me do it. Yeah, yeah, Alexa, yeah. Talking and everything. <laughs> Was it there in the background talking to, to Alexa? Like <laughs> DJ, going from there, my dog's gonna go around. <laughs> he said the whole family up and active right now. See, I'm, I'm, I thank God sometimes that I be single and live live by myself because I don't be having to worry about too many distractions. <laughs> right, and they, and they come, they come. But you know what? The good thing about it is that I realized. As much as these distractions drive me nuts, nuts in a while, I'll go crazy if I didn't have them. If something, yeah. ever to my, something ever happened to, to any of my children or my dog, you know, I, I would be devastated because there's a sense of um, a comfort. I'm talking on a, a radio. <laughs> it's always my oldest daughter. Always got something to say. <laughs> That be the one right there. It's always the oldest. <laughs> always the oldest. But you had said something about um, man. I'm, I'm I, I just I lost it, man. You said something early in your um, in your in your thing um, just recently, and it really brought up a great point. And I cannot remember what it was. And um, I really, I, I, Lord, Holy Spirit, bring it back to me because it was really good about um, you know really working focusing on, on, on forward thinking and, and, and even operating in the prophetic and we don't like sometimes we don't realize how important this is like we're called to do what we're called to do um it is it, it's, it's it's really that's that's needed in all the aspects and um like i said man my movement is going to literally be speaking into these youth life you know um and not just saying a word, but also asking God to bring us instruction and strategies to help them walk that word out. I'm only one individual, so I know I don't know if I can individually, you know, mentor so many children, you know, on an individual level. I know I can pastor them, but I don't know if I can necessarily truly, truly individually. And maybe I have to ask God to give me strategies of doing that as well. Because I always say I don't know what I can do, but. You know, God. Yeah, well, I honestly think it takes a community effort. Um, because of yeah. course, y'all know we seen that little incident yesterday with the teacher, the substitute teacher, and the student and whatnot. And of course, there were conversations circulating on the internet and Clubhouse and all that other stuff about who should be, you know, held more accountable when it comes to like disciplining these children because it's really not the teacher's job but at the same time you know teachers spend more time with the children than the parents and i i mean i had to chime in a little bit and say that the truth is it comes under pressure of all of us whether we're a teacher whether we're the substitute teacher whether we're the parent whether we're the big brother whether we're the auntie the uncle the cousin what or whether we're the neighbor next door i think we all have a responsibility and a requirement now to discipline our youth i think that's always been a thing um, of course, y'all know back in the day, they used to say it take a village to raise, you know what I'm saying, to raise a child. And back then, it would take that village. It would be Auntie Sadler, Miss Watermelon from down the street that'll whoop your butt and call your grandma and all that other good stuff. You know what I'm saying? It would be Uncle Charles will see you in front of the gas station hanging with the dope boys that you didn't need to hang with. And they'll tell you, okay, well, now nah, go ahead and get your butt home before I call your mama. It will be that big cousin who knew he was supposed to be doing what he was doing, but because he's seen something special on your life, he said, nah, go on home because you're supposed to be hanging around us but now we got generational people who do, who who won't do things like that anymore they down for the foolishness they got time for when it's come when it comes to the foolishness you know what i'm saying 
Like, and I think that's stupid because it really takes everybody in a community to actually, you know, play a role in disciplining the the, the future of our, our, our country, the future of our community, the future period. If the kids are the future, I think we all play a role in being accountable of how the future is being, you know, played out. When you had said something about we do things because we don't, we don't do things. I, he brought it back to my memories. We don't do things for our, um, we do things because, what did you say? Something about we do things because we have to or something, not because we want to or whatever. And the, and in the Bible, it says he loves a cheerful giver. And we always preference that around money, right? Yeah. Offering and things of that nature. Love you too. Um, offering and things of that nature. And, and the Bible says to give um, cheerfully, but not uh, not in the necessity. But it's not necessary. It's not mainly focused on monetary. It's about the time and the love and everything you give. Is is not necessarily necessity, but cheerfully. Like me being on here is not me saying, ah, "Let me get on here so profit don't feel like no one is doing this, and profit don't feel this way or whatever." That's not me cheerfully being here. Me getting on here is because I I look at it as it's an honor that I get able to be up on this stage and talk right. and be, say whatever philosophy or ever thoughts I have on my mind. It's it's honorable for me. It's not it's not. Ah, uh, let me go in here in this room and and let me go arguing for us with some people. <laughs> let me go and get, you know, I never I can't get a word in. Let me go. You know what? I'm gonna show them. I'm gonna get off of here and I'm not gonna log on. You know, or uh, 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 I'm gonna put myself in the audience or whatever. No, like I, I look at it as I'm doing this to the to the best of my ability because I love God and I love every single individual that's in here and I believe that there's something that's gonna happen through here. So. It's the same reason when we are called into any office or any uh, auxiliary within the church. Do it with so much love and happiness behind it, and that's what you'll receive back. It yeah. won't be it won't be a bitter situation. You know, you give what you put into it. If you give what you put into it, if it's gonna be bitter or whatever, that's because you maybe you're one who's being bitter. You know what I mean? So when God has called us to do all these things for these youth or whatever, or prophesy or whatever. Don't make it seem like it's laborious. Now, granted, it may take some time. It may be, it may be tiresome. But that's why God says, "Come unto me, those that are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest." That's why His Word says that. So, like, we're trying to take away the aspects of His Word by putting our own emotions in front of His Word. Yeah, so, yeah. And do you think that? And and I I, I like what you're saying because I agree. Do you think though? we present the gospel in a way that our youth can't get it done? Like, are we, like, what makes them, I mean, what makes it more unrelatable? I guess. We don't relate to the youth. Like I said, the youth are sitting the whole service and be ignored. Like, yeah. the whole service and be ignored. You know, I'm, and I'm going to reiterate it like crazy. Prophets don't prophesy to youth. And I'm going to tell you this. Pro um, Prophet Jerry, I'm glad he's in here. Um, because I don't know if anyone knows this about me. My wife will tell you. I have, I'll put people through so many tests that they never study for. <laughs> <laughs> I, will test, I will test your Holy Ghost. I will test your authenticity just because I've been burned before because of me being so naive and, and, and excited. I will test it. Prophet Jerry, when he was at, um, at uh, Pastor Charles's church, 
prophesied to young people. It was young men in there. And he was able to speak to the heart of the young people. When I heard that, I said, oh, he's truly a prophet. He's truly a man of God. I don't care what anyone else would say, anyone else's perception would do, or whatever they would feel, I don't care. I know from my own eyes and what I saw and the fruit that came from that lets me know this, this man is a prophet, a man of God. And he wasn't prophesying, asking someone to bring this and that and the other. That, Like I said, people don't prophesy to kids because kids don't give seeds. So he prophesied to this young man because he knew that God, whatever it is, whatever God said, he was obedient to God. That's what's wrong. Like no one is speaking into these kids' lives. They're telling them what they are. Like, you're going to be this, and you're going to be that. You're going to be this, you're going to be that. They're, they're, I don't know if that's considered prophesying. If you're saying a cursing, I don't know. They're, they're, can you prophesy a curse? I don't know. They're, but they're doing the opposite of what God called us to do. They're definitely not speaking life. <laughs> so, and that, so now we're mad because our kids, these kids, these children are doing what you said you do. Like, that's like me getting mad for planting tomato seeds and getting mad because a tomato grew, but I expect the cucumbers to grow. Like, you idiot, you planted a tomato seed. Was you expect it to be something different? <laughs> so what are we doing? Are we speaking turmoil and all this frustration in the children's lives? Are we going to start speaking life and purpose and destiny in these kids' lives? Because that's what brought me here. That's why I'm here today. Thanks. I grew up in a very horrible neighborhood. I remember being asleep one day and a man was outside my window about to break into my window like uh, when I was on the first floor. And I looked up and he saw me. Like, I remember my, 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 me and my brother staying with my aunt and her brother uh, had owed some dope, um, some, um, dope dealers some money and he attacked him and was fighting the, my uncle on top of my brother. My brother got ga two gashes in his head from the knife that dude was trying to kill him with. Like, I was around where people was just selling, like all my homeboys was dope dealers. Everyone I knew sold dope. Everyone I knew sold dope. You know what I mean? I was smoking weed at the age of 14. Like I was heading into that direction until someone said, bro, you don't belong here. Yeah. This is where you belong. God got so much for you in your life. He got so much for you in your life. He got so much for you. And so when I did stray away when I was 19 and 20, out here thinking I was going to be, you know, whatever I thought I was going to be, I had seed that was planted in me. Thanks. Seed that was planted in me. And so when I was running in the store called Thriftway trying to steal some alcohol to hang out with my homeboys, <laughs> I, I, I ran into one of the elders in the church who remembered me and he said, you need to move back with your mama. 19 years old. When I'm grown. You need to move back with your mama. I was like, because I ain't seen you in church in a while. And I was like, nah, I'm good, I'm good. And then I ran into another, per, um, 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 my pastor. Hey, I ain't seen you in a while. You need to move back with your mama. And then I ran into a youth pastor. You need to move back with your mama. You know what I'm saying? But the thing is this, all those people I knew because all those people had planted a seed in me and had have, have relationship with me. They spoke into my life, even when I was a knucklehead in church, breaking windows in the church. They spoke into my life. So when I was able to come, I was able to recognize the seed. I was able to recognize the sun. Like if you look at a plant, when a plant grows and the leaves look for that photosynthesis from the sun, it recognizes it. 
I was able to recognize the light in each and every single person. And it brought, it sparked, caused me to bud and, and, and wake up. We're not, we're not doing that no more. We take these children and we send them. And granted, I think youth service is very important. Youth groups are important, but are we poured into to them, you know, not only just biblical principles, but also um, purposeful, purposeful principles? Are we pouring that to them? Are we teaching them the gifts of God? Are we teaching these young folks to prophesy? Or we got to wait till they be 21 before they learn how to prophesy. <laughs> Are we teaching them how to evangelize? Man, I'm uh, confused. Uh, Why they got to be 13? Well, <laughs> man, listen. Are we, teaching, are we teaching them to evangelize as a young age? Who said you can't learn how to uh, operate in the apostolic at a, at a, as the age of a child? Who said that? Who said you can't shepherd and, and lead other youth at a young age? Who said we can't do that? So we're not we're not we're not doing that on a regular basis. Can we just focus on my four and no more? Mm. So now as a living witness of a person who could have headed down the path of you know being a dealer. Being a being a, a a robber, being a person that want to shoot people and this that and the other, and I mean, I got a testimony out this world. You know, I was molested as a child. All these other things that people use as things of excuse of 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 why they live the life they live, or where they go, the direction they go, or where they've been hurt, or where they what why they have so much hatred in their heart and this that and the other. I faced it all. I was abused by my father, beat up for no reason. My mom, I have a burn on my arm. A permanent burn mark on my arm. I mean, it was still the seeds that was planted to planted in me that broke past those weeds that was trying to choke me out. Flat out. So I'm 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 just saying, man. I think we just really gotta really start doing things differently. You know what they say insanity is when you expect something different, but you do the same thing over and over again. We're living in the same world. We talk about the youth. We talk about these things that's going on, but we ain't doing nothing different. It's like an armchair quarterback. You sit and watching a football game, telling what you can do, but you ain't on the field. Facts. Time to strap up, man, and get on the field and start doing some things differently. Or, or honestly, I feel like Christianity is going to be extinct. Not extinct, though, JY. It is. Like we got, you got generals that are passing. You got generals like. Like generals in this Christian faith that are passing on. Yeah. They're dying and they're dying with their mantles. So what are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, at least the baseball at least baseball know to have a minor league. They have people to prepare for when it's time for them to come up and when the older players can't play no more. I mean, we got a football draft coming up what next weekend to prepare for people that ain't able to play no more. If the sports arena can get it, why can't we get it? Who are we preparing? Who are we a license? You know, who are we Paul and Timothy in? Who are we? What are we doing? Who are we discipling? Discipleship is gone. Everyone, I, it's no longer a disciple. You want people to be on the stage. You want to have a stage so people to hear what you have to say and leave it at that. You're not, you're not but you're not instructing them to carry on what you say to other people. And I think that's the harsh reality that a lot of people face in Christendom because it's like, well, we keep seeing the same trickle effect of, you know, a lack of discipleship. I mean, it's been that way. 
it's been that way. Jesus, man, Jesus is so cold, y'all. I don't think it was as prevalent when it was our grandparents them though. No, it, was, it was It was such a, a movement of of so many other things because people were getting out of the whole, you know, the 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 help me, Lord, the civil rights movement and all that other stuff that was going on. And it was literally saying, like, this is not the God that I serve, that you're telling us that this is who he is, that ordains this and or that, that condones this. So it was a movement from there where people was looking for a sense of hope, right? But we done took that hope message and made it to a prophet, whatever can profit us. So now it's no longer, you know, spreading the love of God. It's now... I'm spreading the love of my of, of money. So I'm telling you what you want to hear so you can give me what I want. And that's where a lot of people slipped up and lost the generation at. Because we seen grandma struggle most of her life and nothing happened. Right. So what makes you think, you know what I'm saying, a lot of these other young folks want to come into that same struggle, that same reality. They don't. But see, the thing is this. People don't realize, people think struggle is because you don't have excess. The Bible, Paul says, God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Grandma needs was being supplied. Facts. You're right about that. We look Grandma at, we got, a, we got a really nothing. horrible way of looking at wealth. Yeah. We think wealth is me having a bunch of zeros in my account. Wealth is knowing that when I go in my living room, I turn my lights on, they're going to turn on. Yeah. Wealth is not open on my refrigerator. There's something I can put together when if I want to eat and cook some food for my family. That's <laughs> wealth is knowing that I have more than one shirt to put on. You know, and, uh, and then and if I only have five shirts, I have a washing machine I can wash my clothes and reset the next. Like like we got it all twisted, thinking that wealth is about having the best shoes and this that, and the other. Yeah. Wealth is having shoes. Well, we think wealth is having a Rolls Royce. No, wealth is me having a 2000 uh, Chevrolet Traverse that allows me to fit me and my four children and my wife and my dog if I need to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, and my dog. And, and, and I'm perfectly, that's wealth. That's wealth. Wealth is knowing that God is, God still hears me when I pray. God shows up in my dreams again. That's wealth. That's wealth. That now that I have a personal and direct connection to God, that he can tell me what I need to do and where I need to go. And he'll bring me with exactly what I need at that particular moment. I'm looking for another gig right now, right? I've, I have a meeting today. Um, so I, I, I'll testify about it. I'll, the gig I had got the last time, I had an issue with the manager. They were, they were some definite weird crap going on there. Um, I did everything I was supposed to do, even better than a lot of others. Um, and I ended up being let go. And they gave me a nice package, real nice package. I got, I made more being let go <laughs> than I probably would have made being there. Let's put it that way. And it was a really good paying job. And so now my resources are going away because I've sold with those resources I had. I sold into people, I sold into different ministries and this and that and the other. So now I'm waiting for God. I didn't get my seat yet. I did. I, I, okay, I got you. You're right. Put your cash app up there. I'm going to send you your birthday. You're right. I forgot. Your birthday. I sure was. Put up there. I got you. And even though my stuff, even though my stuff is, was as, as far as my surplus I had was dwindling, but I'm still a sower. So he's going to give me seed. Yeah. Knowing that I understand the principles and the laws of God, 
that he operates on principles and laws that I know that he will give some seed to the sower because it's in my heart to want to sow on the people that I'm going to be okay. So knowing that is what makes me feel wealthy, makes me operate in wealth. And yeah, I got decent shoes. I got some Jordans because I love Jordans. I used to want Jordans as a child. I got me some Jordans. Yeah. I don't got all of them. This new black and this black and yellow pair came out yesterday. I wanted to buy them, but my wife was like, nah, we gotta be responsible, or whatever. And I didn't buy them. <laughs> but it's crazy. I didn't buy them. And then I get a check in the mail for almost a thousand dollars. And my wow. wife and I don't know what for. It's from my bank from when I sold my house. Remember I told you I sold my house? Yeah, yeah. I didn't get as much as I thought I was supposed to get. Like we ended up losing like thirty something thousand dollars on that house sale. Right? You know what I'm saying? So, so many things happen. So now I'm in this thing. I got this interview coming up today with two different people. And it's a lot similar to the job that I had that brought me to Texas in the first place. God showed me in a dream, literally me being hired at the job that let me go, that laid me off before the one I had now before. But this job represents exactly what that one is. So this is what I'm looking at as like, now God showing to me up into my dreams and letting me know. So like, I know he's real. And even if this doesn't go the way that I'm thinking it's going to go, for the simple fact that God is talking to me, lets me know I'm still going to be all right. Facts. That is how you teach people to be wealthy. Teach them how to seek God. Teach them how to, to seek the love of God. That's, how you, that's, that's the difference. That's the difference. And, I mean... Sorry, to go. I think that's going to be a major role, especially when you when it comes to our youth and having them actually be accountable of who they are. Like, I can't wait to see, you know, they love doing youth revivals in the summer. I can't wait to see what the youth revival preachers are preaching, because I think those are things that we need to preach instead of going out and getting this bag, living a prosperous life. Because granted, just because you live in a prosperous life don't mean your soul still can't go to hell. Grandma, you know what I'm saying? They had all the money in the world, but at the same time, she had that relationship with God that let her know that guess what? Even though I might not be rich down here, there's a crown waiting on me when I get to glory. Ain't that right, Mama Lynn? <laughs> listen, listen, listen. We might not always have two things that match, but I made a meal. Come on now. <laughs> and who said they're supposed to match anyway? Like, that's society drives everything. You can eat uh, um, spaghetti with beans if you want to. Like, <laughs> who says you can't do that? You know what I mean? Like, who says you can't wear white after Labor Day? I don't, I, I wore white. So I like white. I like wearing white pants. So oh well, <laughs> what? You can't beat me. I'm six foot six. You know what I'm saying? I'm so weak. Now we are, but we talking about you said talking about chasing this bag, but this bag can't even go with us when we die. So what's the, what's the point? Like we chasing bags, and instead of chasing the one who's the author of the bag, we chasing bags like. Like, 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 forget, forget having uh, an Apple phone. Let me get some Apple stock. Thank you. Now that's what I need. Give me some stock. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all, yeah, we, we, we got it all twisted, man. We, we, we looking for, we looking for crumbs when we can get, we can get at, when we have access to the creator of the crumbs. You know what I mean? So like, like I don't know. It's just some lessons that have to be taught, and I know it's gonna probably fall on some deaf ears when I start really pushing this 
message that God put in my heart about, you know, really focusing on our, our youth and on those that, um, you know, God called my wife and I even to leaders. And so like, oh, well, leaders, da, 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 da. these youth are leaders. They're just not being Facts. in the right direction. Facts. They're leaders. My son plays on a, a baseball team. And one of the boys on the team is real tight with my son. He been, he's the coach's son and this and that and the other. He's very boisterous. He's real loud and he can get angry at times and this, that and the other. And I'll remind him every day when he get frustrated, you a leader. I said, unfortunately, you ain't have a choice, but you became a leader. You didn't go, you just put in the application. You didn't sign up for this role or whatever. You were ordained to lead. So you have to use your voice in that area of leading. You can't be yelling at everyone and calling them trash if they mess up. You can't do stuff like that. Because when you mess up and you put your head down, notice that everybody else put their head down too. Yeah. And then your boots. I was like, you are a leader. So I remind them every time I see him. I don't even call him by his name. I said, what's up, leader? Every time, little white boy, little cute, little, little, little small little white boy. Him and AJ, real tight. My son is the only black kid on the team. Little white. All right, what's up, leader? Like my son already know I call him a leader every day. That was his that was his affirmation. So he know he a leader. So I'm reminding this other kid. And so now his behavior changed down in practice. Mm. It's like because of what I've spoken to him. It's so it's so much, it's so much we can do when we call these kids are knuckleheads. They're this and that and the other. Well, this is what you sow, and this is what we get. We're sowing knuckleheads because we call them knuckleheads. Facts. We come to him like, hey man, you you know you know that you're a royal priesthood. You know, a, 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 a man had the audacity to die for you. Did you know that? In spite of you doing this right now, he loved you enough because he knew there was purpose in your heart. Start saying that to these kids. And they might say, man, I've never had no one say anything nice to me in my life. The only thing, the only thing nice they ever said to him was like, man, look at that drip. But they don't even realize he's had to steal to get that drip. Facts. Oh, that man. Wow. I talked a lot, y'all. No, you good. Because there are so many kids like that out there these days, and people don't even know. Like, they I really think, and a lot of kids, like, really think they, they got to be out here stealing just to live a good life or to, uh, just to keep up with the Joneses. I remember when folks used to say that. You don't got to keep up with the Joneses. I remember that was one of the biggest things that I used to want as a young adult as well, like trying to keep up with the Joneses. And when I realized that it wasn't my job to keep up with nobody, but just to continually authentically be myself, that's what, you know what I'm saying, start making people like me, start appreciating who I was. Because truth is, Prophet went out with all of that. And I think most of these kids are so stuck by what what society taught them they had to be or showed them that they have to be, that they don't really, you know what I'm saying, that they don't get the chance to be themselves. You're right. So, uh, my mom always says, stop, stop calling your kids bad. And yeah. I would listen to her tell other adults that. And I asked her one day, I said, why you say that? She said, why you label? Why they labeling them kids? People need to stop labeling kids. They label them kids from babies on up. To the kids, leave what you say. I always told my kids, 
I don't care what nobody say. You're smart. You're beyond smart. You're brilliant. You're brilliant. You know, um, and, and I get it. I understand it. Did say you look bad, so and so. You stupid. You dumb. We must stop. We must stop and speak life into our children. And our children don't get life spoken into them. The young ladies that hang around me, they already know. Don't. If you say something out of whack to a child and I'm around, I'm going to correct you right then and there. Because we need, our children need love. They wilding out because they not getting the love and the discipline they need. So they feel that you don't care. Because you're not showing them any love, speaking any life in them, anything. So they feel you don't care, so they're going to do what you but they hear anyway. So. Right, we can't get mad because these we we we're reaping what we're sowing. This is literally what it is. You know what I mean? So you know, we're gonna let these prophets prophesy, and then start prophesying life. Like it, it, and and if you gonna prophesy, go ahead. I don't know if you know the blues that are here that's out at Bible Way, uh, Japer's, Prophet Japer's, uh, yep. the church she came yeah. from. They are doing a prophetic teaching for children ages 5 to 16. Teaching them how to hear the voice of God. You know, kids hear the voice of God when they was little. I know I did. I used to go in there and ask my mama, you calling me? She looked at me one day. She said, next time you hear hear your name, just say, yes, Lord, I hear you. Because that's who's calling you. I ain't calling you. The Lord calling you. He's trying to get your attention. You need to pay attention. So that's what they're doing. They're teaching the children how to listen and hear the voice. Of, uh, of of the Lord, so you know it's it, it's for kids and it's free. How many people gonna sign their kids up for that? I just want to. I'll go to that VBS. I remember going to VBS when I was young. I would go to that. Um, but it's funny you mentioned him. Vacation Bible School, right? Yeah, VBS Vacation Bible School. That was where it is. That was that. You know what I'm saying? Learn all the old school songs, but uh. Now, Churches uh, don't do that no more either. Uh, uh, Apostle Blue uh, um, had came to my church a while back. We had a um, a, um, a conference, I mean, an anniversary conference. Uh, I had to preach in it, and he had prophesied, and he had got on our church, and he said, "I watch y'all services online." And y'all, he said, "I, I watch y'all services online." He said, "I realized that no one ever." Um, he said, "You never prophesied to the children." He said that to my pastor. And he said, these children be in here, because we, we ain't had no youth service. So they was all in the service. And he's like, you're not prophesying to the youth. He said, they're just as important as anyone else, if not more important. And when I heard that, it made it, it pricked my heart to really make sure, like, all right, we need to speak into these. This is about, this is a few years ago. 
he even prophesied my wife and I leaving ahead of time um, as well. But um, so this man is definitely a man of a man of God, um, definitely. So that's great. I think that's truly, truly needed. And a lot of us uh, people that's on here right now who are prophetic probably even remember being hearing the voice of God at a young age. My children are doing it now. My daughter, my uh, my daughter always come to my room um, saying, Dad, you call me? I'm like, no. Every time. Dad, you call me? My son the same way. And they were prophesied to about what the, what, what was uh, what was in, um, in their belly as well. So maybe it's beginning to manifest now. So yeah, my daughter's always thinking somebody called her name. I'm thinking that she's just being nosy and trying to find a way to come in my room. <laughs> so... What's crazy is JY, I was like that at an early age too. Like you can even see videos of me preaching from like 2010, 2011, stuff like that. And I was still in high school, you know what I'm saying? And I was hearing the voice of God prop shine laying hands literally in high school. So um, I think that, I think a lot of our youth had the opportunity to get closer to God, but I think we don't present the opportunity as much anymore. Like, I don't think, you know what I'm saying? They do vacation Bible school as much. Like youth conferences and youth adult events and stuff like that it used to be a major thing back in the day and they kept us active and it kept us in church but now i don't think people do that no more pastor effie y'all still do you for bibles trey y'all do you for bibles at your church churches definitely do we as individually haven't good morning everybody um but that's because again i became pastor in the middle of a daggone pandemic well right before pandemic hit so Whatever plans I had kind of got thrown to the side, but um, churches still are running vacation Bible schools. We'll probably do our first one in the next two years. Um, you know, so those things are definitely still happening. They may not be as prevalent. I don't know. I can't speak for, you know, churches outside of the ones I personally know, but um, the ones I know, they're absolutely still doing these things. And when, okay, and so from the other churches that you've seen, and when people come in, do you normally see the older preachers or the younger preachers or which one would you prefer because me even when it comes to like speaking to youth i prefer younger people if i'm doing an event planning an event i'm gonna always invite somebody who may not be on the older side but may be a little older enough to give experience or i may even use somebody who may be a peer to that group of young adults who may be, you know, a little bit accomplished or maybe advanced, maybe gifted, you know what I'm saying, versus always using somebody who I think can't relate to this generation of young people. I think I, I'm going to need you to be under 40. Okay. Um, Facts. I matter agree. of fact, if I can really get it the way I want it to, I'm going to need you to be under 30. Um, if you're going to be dealing real close with the youth, because, yeah, too many older cats, and I'm not quite an older cat yet. I'm only 43. Uh, but too many older cats. We got sixty-year-olds running uh, youth nights and whatnot. Like, bro, you ain't been a youth <laughs> right. in a hot minute. Let me go sit out somewhere. <laughs> get you some, get you some herbal tea and relax. Um, let these young folk do what they do. Yeah, there's definitely a disconnect when there's too much of an age gap. I mean, it just it, it doesn't make sense that that generational break is is too big of a gap to cover in a lot of instances. And that's why you got young people, I think, that don't necessarily connect. I mean, we run a, a children's church every week. And our children's church leaders are both in their late 20s, early 30s. Um, and so they're still very much connected with that group. So, you know, I think that's the way it needs to be. Um, but yeah, if you you 45 plus trying to run youth ministry, you you need to go find somebody to partner with that's a whole lot longer, younger than you. 
I'm just saying. That's how I look at it. Other folk might not feel the same. That's on y'all. Is that pastor role different when you're a youth versus like when you're an adult? Now, I know churches got youth pastors, but when we think about, and it's kind of getting into the conversation that we were having a little bit yesterday and that we're trying to push into today. But when you think about, you know what I'm saying, a church being established in the church building itself, most of the time you ain't going to have no youth pastor automatically. Not meaning you ain't going to have youth. So do you do you feel like the, young, the youth and the young adults need a different form of pastoring or... Like how do you? How should we approach them when it comes to being a leader to youth and young adult, or being a pastor to them? Because Jay, why just automatically off rip thinking we just need to prophesy to the kids? <laughs> Jay, why said just prophesy need... to the kids? <laughs> I, I think that as soon as you are able, you need to put somebody that's going to oversee that area of ministry. Um that's closer in age to that demographic. I think as quickly as you can, somebody who's been graced to do so. Um, because one, being the pastor, being the pastor alone is, is that's a heavy enough load to carry, right? Yes, you're the pastor overall, I get it. Um, but as you start to deal with some of the, the smaller groups, some call them small groups, some of the other ministries, you're gonna need help, man. This load gets heavy quick. Um, and even just the, the pace of ministry from Sunday to Wednesday, if you run a Bible study on Wednesday, just that pace all by itself can get, become a lot real, real fast. Um, and if you start, you know, piecing in other things that you have to deal with, other ministries you've got to deal with, other things you have to handle, um, and you're not full time, that it's going to become real, real heavy real quick. So you need to go be quick about the process of identifying who can help you in the ministry process to help carry that load. Absolutely. That's good. That's good, Pastor Anthony. I think it's interesting because I don't think everybody has uh well has someone to carry that load for them. Um I was in another room yesterday when they were talking about how everybody needed a pastor and stuff like that. And I think that's true. But sometimes people don't have the capacity to pastor everybody individually one on one. And I think a lot of times the youth just get the the crumbs. They just get, okay, well, we heard Pastor preaching this Sunday about, you know, whoop de whoop de whoop. So we just gonna continue to like continue to learn from there. But I think when you do have a person that's in position that can cater to you and, you know, teach them like step by step, give them, you know, the baby food and spoon feed them and whatnot, it helps them grow their character into, you know, I think better adults because I don't know. I think adults are kind of doing a bad job at it. Like, I mean, not every household. I can't say that. Not every household. But I remember back in the day, like, we used to have times where our family had to sit down and read the Bible together. Or when we would go to grandma's house, guess what? Grandma wanted us to quote this scripture instead of, you know, twerking. But now, you know, it's like, as soon as you pull up, do that little dance that they do on TikTok instead of quote that scripture that you learned Sunday at church. <laughs> like, that's the generation I grew up in. Like, what's that scripture y'all learned Sunday at church? And I used to have to quote it backwards and forward. Nowadays, what's that little dance y'all learned on TikTok? And I think that's kind of like uh, a disservice to our youth. It really is. It's a big disservice to our youth. Pastor Charles, I'm going to ask you the same question. 
um, because we were talking about, of course, yesterday, big churches and small churches. And of course, I think you heard my scenario about how my friend says she don't like going to that church no more because it's too big for her. She don't like going to a church where a pastor don't know her name. And then we end up talking about the youth today. And JY kind of sparked off the conversation as we began to talk about our youth because we're planning next week for youth and young adults there as we address some of the issues that our young people are going through. But my question to you as a leader, as a pastor, is how do you accommodate the growing generation of youth? How do you, is there a way that you, you know, try to update your messages? Is there a way that you try to preach to sometimes be more relatable to your youth? Good morning, by the way. Yes. Yes, uh, yes to that. Um, what I actually, first of all, good morning to you as well. And good morning to everybody that's in the room. If you hear background noise of car, that's because I'm in it. Hallelujah. Anyway, um, <laughs> the, the, the realness of this is that if you're going to do this, you have to think of more than just your generation. You have to be actually be multi-generational thinking yeah. um, when yeah. you're going to minister to people. Um, now, what I realized, and I finally have come to grips with it, is um, that I have now taken more of a father role. And in having a father role, I, I realized that I'm not going to always be able to speak to directly to some things because of the age gap. And so I have to use um, other people um, in, in my circle to kind of give me some understanding of sometimes the lingo or some things that need to be said. Like um, one time I one time I saw somebody that was um, – singing, I mean, not singing, it was a young lady, I forgot her name, but she would do these, um, uh, like, uh, uh, hood, it wasn't hood, but it was kind of like uh, Bible stories or something like that. And she would go on there and she would start talking and she will read it in, in regular uh, Bible lingo. And she says, now I'm going to read it to you in, uh, in, in, in this ultra modern uh, urban in the version. version. And yeah, and she had this wig, right? Whatever this wig was, she took that wig and she had it parted like to one side and she took that wig and pulled pulled the hair a little bit and made it so that it was centered or something. And then she started talking and smacking her lips and doing some crazy stuff. And at the and at the very end, she said, and that's on period, you know? And I, and I thought it was the funniest thing. I, I thought it was, so, you know, I thought it was the funniest thing. But um, when I said it to some folks around me at the church, it's like, Pastor, okay, first of all, it's it's that 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 is true but you can't you can't say that because <laughs> it, it just feels it feels weird or it sounds weird coming from you because of your gray hair or because of your you know because of that. so I was you like, are okay. passing that you had a maturity yeah, age that father age yeah doing stuff like that absolutely so they was they were like telling me if even you repeat even you yeah. repeating it when he said when he said what she said you know quoting it was kind of hilarious we said and she ended with on period <laughs> yeah and that's on period <laughs> and i was like shut up <laughs> <laughs> you, you see what i'm saying and see um you know and that was one of those things i said something one time and I knew what I was saying, and I knew what I was saying. I said, "Now I, I made some kind of statement." And when I did, those that were in that 
in that in the um in the age group like under 30 they they just laughed like it was uh, you know and i knew what i was saying and i knew i was saying it in right in the proper context and they started laughing but the folks that were my age and up that didn't know what that meant they were like sitting here like what are y'all laughing at that don't even what that ain't nothing funny about that you know and and so like i said being able to speak multi-generationally is is a big thing but here's the thing um now when i do my messages i actually ask certain people about them and i ask them okay if i'm going to say this or this particular way how how do i need to say this so that um somebody that's 10 or 11 12 that's so fast now how can i get this to be uh to go out and and they'll understand it and then they'll give me some examples um how can i get a person that's in the army to understand this particular concept okay but pastor that's called such and such you know lockstep or whatever you know right. you know it's all it'll be all these different names and different different things and, I, and i'm sorry if i'm taking a lot of time but no, yeah know. i mean but i also have uh like pastor anthony there are people who are working the children's ministry and they're younger they're much younger and they're and they want to do it they want to pastor can i can i can i work with the kids sure you can and what i'm gonna do though before i work but they, they I have to tell them i'm gonna give you this form to fill out that gives me permission to check your record <laughs> you know, I, I mean i'm gonna do a background check for sure listen Amen. you you've got to do that now because at the end of the day something happens they do something stupid or maybe they didn't do nothing at all but a kid says that they did something the first thing we're going to believe now is the child and what's going to happen is that i need to make sure on my record that i pull this person up and that person's working with the kids and they have a nice big red thing up there that says that person was checked and they checked out okay so I did my due diligence when I put that person in place. Now, what happens to them and what they did in the process, that's on them. But even then, it's just still because they were under my watch and under my care, I may have to deal with that and call the insurance company. And praise the Lord. Not call the insurance my... company. Praise the Lord. <laughs> look, look, listen, you better ask, you better ask uh, 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 Dr. Patton. Because, you know, look, if, he, if he's if he was my insurance carrier at that time or whatever time, if he's my insurance carrier, he's the first one I'm calling. Okay, bro, look, this happened. What do I need to do? And he'll tell me, okay, <laughs> well, okay, you need to go ahead and call. You need to call claims, 1-800-SUE-YOU, you know, whatever. <laughs> and and there you go, you know. And, but th that's, the, that's the world we live in. That's the time we live in. But I need to make sure, though, that I have people in place that can speak to the generation that I want to be spoken to. And I come in as the dad to provide, to make sure things are in order, to give you what you need. If you need some games, you need some Game Boys, but I'm not I'm dating myself. If you need some kind of, uh, what is it? What's the new one now? The, uh, PlayStation. PlayStation what though? It's I know it's a number PlayStation 5. Oh yeah, oh, Pastor Carl, we need a PlayStation 5 for the church. <laughs> and guess what? I'm gonna check their budget. Okay, there we go. Put it under the, under the youth budget. There we go. Oh right. yeah, I need to be the we youth pastor. If we I was the youth pastor, got, I'm putting the PlayStation Five in the budget. We got plenty of we got plenty of kids. I mean, plenty of TVs that you can use. There we go. All right. We may not have all the space we need, but we definitely got TVs. Roll that TV right in there. Hook that thing up. Boom. You're done. 
But my point is, is that, yeah, you've got to, I mean, a good pastor wants to make sure that they're, all the congregation is ministered to. But the thing is, is as as uh, Pastor Anthony said, I'm fit. Look, I'm fifty four. I'm not fifty four. I'm fifty four. And I, just, and I I already know that there's certain things that I cannot speak to, and not do it well. Um, but I've got people that can. Or if I have to speak to something, I speak from a father's place, and then I can use certain lingo as I need to use it to get my point across. And um, yeah, I'll go on mute on that. No, that's good. That's good. That definitely makes sense. Because Pastor I think Charles, sometimes... you, your insurance carrier and your attorney, sir. Those two first two phone calls you make right there. <laughs> the insurance person and who passed the answer? Your attorney. attorney. Thank you, sir. It's 10 a.m. Make sure you got a lawyer. You be, listen. And, and don't tell don't tell me uh before we have an advocate with the father. Don't be telling me that. No. Get yourself a lawyer. We know that Jesus is our lawyer. I get it. But you better make sure you got somebody that can actually speak to the laws of the day, too. You know, I mean, you know, we, we want Jesus to do everything. But Jesus gave you a brain and get yourself together and go and, and find somebody and stop being cheap. That's a fact, Look, what's, what's, the, what's the other thing people was getting all the time? Uh, that law thing. Uh, it was like um, legal. Zone. Some kind of thing people were. Yeah, that all of that, all of that. I know legal that shield, the special. I had legal shield too at one point. Now, what you mean? Bru- at That's one all point, I at, <laughs> at one point. But let me tell you something. You pick up the phone and try to use them for something major. Forget it. Forget about it. <laughs> Shoot, it that's all I could afford at that time. <laughs> but, you, but you see what I'm saying? See, one of the things that we are, we as people, as the people of God, I'm not going to say that it's uh, any particular color, but the people of God will get up here and get all this cheap mess and get all this stuff and try to act like we're doing something. Yeah, I got it. I got it. You better listen to somebody and get the proper thing because at the end of the day, if something comes down and you don't have what you need, we're going to be seeing you on the news. Facts. Or you won't be. Or you won't be here. I tell you what, they, they I had, had a client. wonderful church. <laughs> I had a client that uh, had legal. You get what you pay for. Legal shield, and had an issue come up in this business, and they absolutely did not provide any services to him after he'd been paying them their monthly money for like the last the two two and a half years prior. Right. And their small print tells you they have the ability to deny any claim, deny stepping in on any issue they deem they don't want to cover. So you better get you a real suit and tied up attorney. Now, oftentimes they'll refer you out and say you got to put somebody on retainer, Pastor Anthony. That's it. You need it. You need at least one. Mm -hmm. Shoot, I got three. That's what happened to me. I ended up having uh, a matter go on with me, and I tried to use my legal shit. I called them. They said, "Ah, oh, Mr. Fan, unfortunately, this isn't covered on your membership, but what we can do is we can um, refer you to one of our other attorneys who can start a claim with you, and you can put them on retainer. I said, how much is the retainer? I said, you know what? Never mind. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I filed a lawsuit myself. <laughs> like it costs well, retainer is usually 2500 too. Right. <laughs> yeah, and you're gonna pay you gonna pay ahead. That's what's happening. You're gonna pay ahead. And and when you use that money up, they're gonna they're gonna stop and they're gonna ask for the, the bill is now such and such. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. You also have attorneys send you every single billable hour. 
everything they're building you for, send it to you itemized. Because they will, they will literally bill you for just the text messages. So every hour. Not bill, bill for the text messages, JY. Yeah, it's their time. It's their time. So. Come on here, time. It's money, saints of God. Yep, they will they will bill you for text messages. So I have a I have a I have a lawyer right now that I worked out a flat fee for my case. So everything we dealing with is already paid up front. So he can't be like, Well, you did it's in writing. So I said I ain't playing with him. Yo, twenty five hundred, I had to give him fifteen hundred from another one. Here you go, we good, boom, bam, what about bam. And I can't get mad at times because I can't reach them. But a lot of the stuff I can do on my own. Like I worked it out. I can do my own research on some of this stuff. He's just a person that knows all the legal words and all the legal jargon. So when I go to court, that that, that person's lawyer ain't going to be able to talk over my head. They're going to know every single thing they're trying to say. They're going to answer it and adhere to it in the direction I need to, need to be adhered to. So, And I think that's a good thing about having one. At least you know a little bit about what you're doing when you go in there by yourself. Yeah, I mean, but here's the funny thing: is is that Miss 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 Jane is so sweet. She is so nice. She is very very one, and she wants to work with the babies. Miss Jane, go ahead. She goes into that area, works with the babies. It goes nice. It goes fine. Nobody says anything. But this one day, Miss Jane comes in, but she's coming in out of duty. But her her arms are weak that day, and she drops a child. Oh, brother, Lord. brother, let me tell you, you know, it's no need to be crying about. But see, I shouldn't have put Miss Jane out there. Cause see, Miss Jane, listen, Miss Jane, <laughs> Jane better be Ms. paying Jane. for herself or her own self. You know, you should. Miss Jane is sweet. Miss Jane, she's Miss Jane is nice. But and she's sweet, but but accidents happen, and but when they do, are you covered? Are you? Um, do you have the sense enough? And here's the thing: it's not to scare you. Please don't do that. Please don't think this is scary. But but the thing is, is that don't you drive nowhere without insurance. Don't go nowhere without having some kind of something. You never know. I know even flying now, they oh you know you know people buy those tickets and they get the ticket and it says um you know do you want to have the travel insurance or whatever? I don't need that. I don't need that. Let them lose your bag with all of your stuff in it. Let them you let them lose that. You gonna wish you did have flight insurance. You better come on here. Oh, that's covered under that? Yeah. I didn't know that was covered under that. I learned something today. Yeah, even that's limited, though. That's limited. You know, so you yeah, have to I kind of really like make sure that... A certain amount of a certain amount, ain't it, Pastor Charles? But, yeah, like but it's covered. Always... It's it's, And they're and, they going to they ask you a zillion questions before you get it, too. So, yeah. you know, you got to have your documentation. Keep everything. Keep your receipts. Where money be? Where money be? Heard them receipts. Yeah, you got to keep it all. Every email, every every talk, whatever you have, any, everything, every back and forth, have that thing ready. Because the sad part about it is, is that insurance companies now are looking for ways that they don't have to pay. They want you to pay the premium, but they don't want to pay you no. They want to pay you no mind when it's time to pay. So uh, you got to you got to help them with that process. Amen. Pastor Charles, did you hear about? I don't know if you did, but probably not. Did you hear about the man? who uh, sued himself 
uh, and won the case. He was throwing a boomerang or something, or like out, out, he was outside doing something. And he ended up suing himself. In the midst of him suing himself, he ended up winning the case. And because he won the case and he was suing himself, he got all the money back from the case because the money didn't come from him. It came from his insurance company. Oh my gosh. That sounds like a lot of work to me. It does, but it sounds like it paid off. Because how you sue yourself and then don't have to pay no court fees, no lawyer fees, or none of that, and you get money back from the lawsuit because the insurance company had to pay for you. Like that that's that's a good that's a good plan. That's a good idea. Get off of Amazon looking for boomerang um, profit. I know, right? <laughs> Look, be trying to find a way to hurt myself so I can give me some money. <laughs> see, well, I rebuke that scammer spirit in the name of Jesus. Uh, see, it, it, see, you trying to do that, you be the you be the one instead of it hurting you, it, it kills you. See, no, exactly, no, no. exactly. Trying to make some work out for my good, and it end up hurting me worse. But that is exactly true. But Pastor Charles, I wanted to ask another question. And anybody can answer this in the room. I'm glad Pastor Jacob then came in too. But, and it kind of goes back to the youth, but anybody in the church, what is the role of this pastor? Because I, even like I said, I heard in the room yesterday that they're talking about the prophetic and then in the midst of talking about the prophetic, they get on why everybody need a pastor and this, that, and the other. But I'm trying to figure out what is the role of, of a pastor when you have got doggone 100 members, like we said yesterday, and everybody can't get your time Everybody can't spend time with you every day, Pastor Charles. You know what I'm saying? You can't have a one-on-one -on -one every day with people. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what is the, is there a certain obligation that I'm supposed to meet with my members or what? Listen, I think, like, for, for me, right now, I'm full-time. I'm full-time, and I have everything that I need to be able to help um, to facilitate being available as much as I can be for, for our citizens from the church. Um, at the end of the day, I'm at their service. So if there's something that does come up that they need, um, you know, some people don't want to, don't want nothing. They just, they just, they're going to fend for themselves, do them, do it themselves. And they don't know that they can call me for certain things. Like, um, I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, somebody was on the dance ministry and they happened to tell somebody else on the dance ministry that their little nephew was in the hospital with problems with asthma. And they said, did you, did you tell the pastor? And they were like, oh, no, 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 I didn't want to bother. It just it says that right, right. He would be, he'd be glad to pastor. And they called me right there and, and got me the information. And I went to see that little boy. And, you know, it was it, it was surprised him. The mom was surprised and it just blessed them. See, sometimes we don't even realize it, but you're, you're when they know that they can call on their pastors to be able to help them in their time of need and to pray for them and they ain't scared of them. It, it's It's a blessing. Um, so we're at we're at the service of our church now of, of the of the ministry. Now those who you know, if you got you know four or five jobs like uh, Pastor Anthony, he, you know he's I think I think he's Jamaican. He ain't telling me, but he got he got four or five <laughs> he got he got four five six jobs. You may have to you know um, you know deal with your time and everything. And when I was working full time as well, I would have to use my off time to try to pull things together. But yeah, but I'm at their service. Um, I, I, my vehicle, my money, the money that I get paid, 
I am at the service of the members that come to the church. And I make sure that they know that, they understand that. Now, I have to also be led by the spirit too, because I have to take care of my own house. I have to make sure my wife is okay. I have to make sure that my kids are okay as well in terms of in their areas of influence. But I also make sure that they understand everybody's getting paid. You need to understand that we're at the service of the people who are giving here at this church. And not not as slaves, but we do it because we want to do it. We do it because it's honorable before God. And you got five members. You better make sure those five are taken care of. You got 10, you got 100. You do the best you can to make sure everyone is taken care of as best as you can. And if you need help, you got to cry out for help or set up programs or set up some kind of things that will help you to be able to um, um, cover and do what you need to do. And I'll, I'll go on mute on that. Anybody else want to answer that, Pastor Anthony? Pastor Jacob? Any other pastors? But even somebody who's a member, like what do you expect from your pastor, from your leader? Anybody that you would call a pastor, what are, what are, what are your normal expectations for your pastor, for your leader? Hey, good morning. Huh? Oh, go ahead, Jacob. Good morning. Thank you, Kels. How are you? Um, Good morning to everyone. I'm not a, a really a needy guy for my pastor. I just need you to be there. Um, if I need you, I, I can call you. As to what I do in as regards to pastoring, um, I am that guy that I will, I'm supposed to be your guide, not your God. So if you start treating me like a God, I kick my, I kick the pedestal from underneath myself. I don't even let you put me up on no pedestals. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, what you're not gonna do is you're not gonna make make me another god in your life. Um, so I just keep people aware that yes, I'm here for you, but call God first. And after you call God, God will direct and God will lead. Now, if you need me uh, to be there, of course I'll be there. Again, okay? I'm full time as well uh, with Pastor Charles. Um, I'm trying to get his honorariums and stuff like that. You know, he's. <laughs> with his 37 bedroom house um uh, but i just i'm just i'm that guy that will tell you listen hey call god first and uh whatever he says we'll move forward uh just but i don't ever want to become a god in your life i don't ever want to become your god i just want to be your guide i'm just supposed to direct you to him and uh, answer the questions i possibly can answer Hey, good morning. <clears throat> so um, I think when there's a healthy relationship between pastor and um, parishioner, um, what Jacob says rings true. Your pastor is not your God. And as a member of a church, my expectations of my pastor are to teach the word and equip leaders to be the ones who uh, shepherd, the, uh, not shepherd the sheep, but gather the sheep that answer the call of the sheep, right? I think some pastors make the mistake of centering themselves in the ministry and then they get burned out when when they are the ones that the people want to talk to. I only want to talk to pastor as if right is the only me. person capable of giving them a word or praying for them or going to the hospital when a loved one is ill. Like I, I think pastors make the mistake of centering themselves, becoming the personality or the face of the church. And when they insert themselves as such, that's the end result. 
Um, as a member, I don't expect the pastor to be at every function and at every event, especially if he's married and has a family. I expect yeah. him to be the example of what a husband and a father is in yeah. the church. Um, and when he's at everything and, and can't nothing happen unless he's there, um, I think that's a poor example of leadership. Leaders replicate leaders after themselves. And so, um, and they also have a succession plan in place, but I've seen it way too many times in the black church specifically, where uh, if pastor ain't there, it ain't going down. Um, and that puts an unhealthy demand on him as a human because he's still human at the end of the day. Um, and so as a member, I just expect my pastor to preach the word, to set the vision for the house and set the order in the house, right? It is not the pastor's job to make disciples. That is the job of the people in the church to make disciples. It is the pastor's job to cover, right? To be over top of, to be the umbrella, to set the vision, to set the diet of the house. But at the end of the day, the reaching out to the members and the being there for the members, there ought to be preliminary steps before you get to your pastor. One thing I love about my pastor, Howard John Wesley, is he is not accessible to everyone at everybody's whim and call. Um, while he is personable and loving and caring and, you know, after worship, worship service, he avails himself for a time, but he sets his leaders in place to make sure that they are the ones who are reaching out to uh, the folks in the church. And we have about 15, 20,000 members at this point. He can't be accessible to all 20,000 people, but that doesn't mean that when you go to that church, you don't have that small church feeling. And the yeah. reason why we have that small church feeling, even though there are thousands of us, is because he, uh, he fosters a culture where the leaders in the church um, are the ones that are really helping to kind of guide and uh, you know shepherd the the folks so um i think a lot of pastors do themselves a disservice and their families a disservice when they are the only ones um that can uh you know be there for the members um i, I honestly just from my perspective as a member of a church if i see a pastor that's at everything doing everything can't nothing move without him that's not the church for me so i land yeah, and I agree. I agree because I would want my pastor to, you know, be dedicated to the job of being the leader, but at the same time, have some space for you, pastor. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know, you know what I'm saying? If I know you're a human, I want you to not necessarily express that human side in front of me because, you know what I'm saying, everybody can't always cross that boundary with their leader. But you have to have a safe boundary to where, you know, when you go through those experiences or whatever, you have to have somebody to call on. Like I told somebody the other day, as a leader, you ain't going to be able to have that one-on-one -on -one with all your members all the time. But like you said, Kelly, having that infrastructure with other leaders in your church to make sure that they're still getting um, care, that they're still getting provided for, that they still got somebody to minister to their needs in that moment is what I think a lot of people actually miss out on. Anybody else want to jump into that topic, though, of what a pastor hey, looks hey, like for you? So so, 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 right. So, so my aunt, my my favorite aunt goes to the same church that um, Kelly goes to, um, Alfred Street. So, um, and her perspective of it is 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 the same for her age group. Um, she's with the seniors ministry and she does some things and and she's connected. She's one of the, she's an usher and does some stuff at the church. But there is an expectation that she already has of the pastor not to not necessarily have to be there for everything for her so she already has a relationship with god but when she did have um some things to happen i think her husband passed away 
uh, Pastor West, Pastor Howard Child Wesley was there, you know, and and asked her, you know, is there anything we can do? And with actually, he knew her name and and everything, you know. And right, like, he knew her name, Pastor Charles. Yeah, what I'm saying, you know, well, I'm I'm, I'm shocked anyway because she goes to the church and everything. Everybody walking around, you know, calling her name. Hey, Jackie. Hey, Jackie. Hey, Jackie. I'm like, how do you so <laughs> Jackie? I love Miss Jackie. Oh, <laughs> you you know her too? I do. I do know her. Yes. When you said Usher and Miss Jackie, oh wow, there's only one Miss Jackie. Okay. <laughs> that is so cool. So that's that's my that's my dad's sister, my favorite aunt. Okay. So yeah, but tell her tell her you met somebody on Clubhouse that's a pastor in Colleen, and she'll. She'll, 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 she's gonna, she's gonna laugh. She's gonna laugh and tell you. But yeah, but, but see that now, but see how big that church, that church is extra big. And here we are on this app right here. And I just mentioned my aunt's name and someone that goes to the church knows her. Thanks. I mean, so what does that say about, about that community? What does it say about that church? I mean, that, that definitely says that they're, I was going to say, that definitely says that they're building community. Now, granted, we can't always speak to the pastor, but at the same time, when you have a community like that in your church, I think that's very healthy. Absolutely. But it starts, it starts somewhere, you know. Now, um, Pastor Howard, Dr. Howard John Wesley wasn't the pastor the whole time. Somebody else was pastoring there. And when that pastor, um, he, he retired and then moved on, and then uh, Doctor Howard John Wesley came, he had to make he had to make some changes and some things to make it so that he um, could, in in uh, so for lack of a better way of saying, love the people and them love him, you know. Yeah. And 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 but that's an, that's that that's that's his his gift. That is what he's supposed to do. I keep saying stuff like, we, we, we "Stop using these butt words." That's an anointing, and that's that. No, that's his gift. He is a true pastor, and so we go from there. And and he and he got the nerve to be a decent one. How about that? How about that? <laughs> he got the nerve to be a decent one. Listen, Pastor Howard John Wesley is a different breed. That I don't know what what God. He went into the line like six times for pastoring. Like he's a different breed. That's yeah. But I think I think a lot of times, Pastor Charles, the expectations of people that come to churches change by the size of the church. Mm, that's good. You know, a lot of times the the uh, let me let me pause right there. Kells, your pastor's a different breed. Okay, I'm back. Um, <laughs> like I, I, I met I met uh, Pastor Howard John Wesley with my father, and um, and uh, him and my father are friends. And I was sitting there and I was talking to him. He's a different dude. Like he's a different. He he thinks totally different. Anyway, um, but I I think with the the when they go to a church like him, New Psalmist, uh, you know, with my uncle there, when, when they go to churches like that, they don't expect the pastor to be tangible a lot of times. Mm. So, so when they when the ta when the pastor is tangible or or comes and says the person's name or knows the person's name, it just literally blows their mind. Yeah. Um, you come to a church like Pastor Charles, like mine, 
where we haven't pressed 300, 500 yet, or, you know, a thousand yet. Um, and they expect you to, to know their name, their mama's name, their cousin's <laughs> name. They want you. They unborn baby name. <laughs> yeah, they, they want you. They want you at every funeral and at every. They want you at the baby's uh, birthday party. Hey, pastor, my child wants you to come to Chuck E. Cheese because he is and he wants. And so I think a lot of times we we, we to be honest with you, um, it, it's it's almost it's almost. Uh, the demand with the size of the church a lot of times changes because uh, when they do join a small church, they're expecting the pastor to be more um, accessible right. because you don't have to deal with all of these people. And you don't have to deal. And the truth of the matter is they, at a, at a point, Moses walked with the people. He was in between the people. He walked uh, in front of the people at another point. Then he walked above the people at another point. Uh, and he he, he uh, taught people how to pastor people, how to lead people. Um, but I, I heard a, a saying uh, from another pastor who was uh, talking about um, um, some of the things he went through. And he said that he was talking to a pastor and the pastor revealed to him, why are you going so crazy over another man's wife? The church is the bride of Christ. And you're so busy thinking that you're supposed to go, you're, you're supposed to lose your life over another man's bride. Mm. Let the man take care of his own bride. If he needs you, he'll call you. He'll let you know what you need to do. But that's not your bride. That's his bride. So you sitting here going crazy over another man's wife. Relax. Lord, Relax. have mercy. You know? Um, you're so crazy, Pastor Charles. Um, that that just we, we we do too much, uh, and we end up we end up committing adultery on our families, on our what we're supposed to be doing in our purpose, because we are literally putting ourselves in position to to appropriate and to be in bed with someone else's bride. So, Pastor Charles, <laughs> Lord have mercy. What? I, I, I'm I, Lord. You know, what? What? <laughs> you know, here's here's the thing. You know, so that we have to te we have to teeter, we have to teeter a a very fine line. Because what happens is you someone hears what Pastor Jacob just said, and it gives them a license to do nothing. Mm. It gives them the license that see that's the right. that's the that's, that's Jesus' job, and that's the Lord's job. It ain't my job, and so they sit up there and they do, do nothing, or they sit up there with their rings and with all of their trinkets and all their things, and they do whatever they want to do instead of people of God. So. You, you know, you got that side. So you have to teeter that fine line and recognize what belongs, what is my job and what is not. And and you have to really, really listen. You know, 
make sure you're available to the people of God, at least by phone or whatever. I mean, it, our church is kind of small now, when, when we like like uh, Pastor Jacob said, and so it gets larger and it gets to a size like you know we, we're, we're, we're since we're talking about him, uh, Dr. Howard John Wesley, it gets to that size, it becomes a thing where you need other pastors to help to do to do the job. But you know, I tell you what. When you when you are gifted and anointed for the job, God will give you grace for that place. He just will. And you know, it, it's almost like, you know, how does a person how does a person like that, how a job was how do they do it? You know, I'm sitting here, how how do they do it? No, no, no. I, I realize how they do it. They're grace for that place. They're grace for that position. They're grace for the people of God that they're there to to service and to pastor. And you know, no, no, he's not going to be perfect. No, he's not going to do everything right. You know, sometimes his own personal life things may have crumbled trying to trying to be who he's called to be. Because sometimes uh, the spouse don't want don't want that. You know, um, I'm I'm thankful. I'm I'm appreciative that my wife actually wants to. She like she's she's grown into it and she wants to do it. And I'm going to do my best to make sure it's easy for her. I'm not going to be sitting here shucking and jiving with the church and I'm supposed to be with her. Now, look, I'm going away next week. And guess what? Uh, I'm not, we're not going to be doing church stuff. We're just going to be enjoying one another. I'm going to drive all the way down there to the coast of Texas and we're going to have a good time. So, so that gives us a, more of a push to be able to help to serve the people better once we do what we're supposed to do. And it is what it is. But man, it's a fine line. You're talking right Can I jump in? Um, you're in the matrix, Pastor Charles. So I wanted to jump in really quickly. And I appreciate what Pastor Charles said, right? That there's a grace for the assignment um, whenever God sends you to a place. But I think wisdom will also have you to put that infrastructure in place, right? So if you have a youth ministry and you have a leader over the youth ministry, then there should be a chain of command. That before yeah. this gets to the pastor, unless you have a problem with the minister of youth, Go to the youth pastor first before we escalate it through. See, I'm a, I'm a veteran, right? So in the military, um, there's a structure in place. And the hierarchy ha does not denote someone being better than you, but it, it denotes their decision-making level, right? And so if you've got, if, if it's a quarrel between the kids in the youth ministry, that don't need to make it to the pastor. So yeah. as a person who supported the commanding officer, not everything made it to him. He don't need to know about everything. That's why yeah. you have uh, lieutenants and you have uh, other junior officers and non-commissioned officers in place, right? So at one of my duty stations, there was a leading petty officer, a chief petty officer, and then a division commander, and then the executive officer, and then the commanding officer. So there's a it's four to five layers deep before something escalates to the uh, the level of the commanding officer. Now, here's what the commanding officer did and what I recommend pastors do. They empowered their people to make decisions at their level. And if you don't empower your people to make decisions, which means you have to vet the people that you are putting in leadership and you have to understand what their gifts, talents, skills, abilities, and all of that is, and they're calling to that role in that position. Once you've got the right person in place, you empower them to make decisions. A lot of times leaders 
um, and specifically pastors, because we are talking about that, um, they like to be the one making all the decisions and, and got to have a hand in everything, but then they get mad when they're burned out. No, you've got to trust your people, build your people and empower them to make decisions at their level so that everything does not rise to your level. If you are a pastor and you know everybody's business and everything that is going on with every member of the church, whether you have a hundred members or a hundred thousand members, I think you are leading incorrectly. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be in touch with the people, but if you don't empower your leaders to lead, you will find yourself in the mix of everything and you cannot handle that as a pastor. And so even if you have a 300 member church, set that infrastructure and that culture in place now so that you are preparing for the influx and the growth of your membership. But yeah. if you are operating like a small community church and you don't want to grow, okay, then then you have to instill that level of the culture. I think you need to plan your culture, set the order and the precedent of the house based on where you want to go, not necessarily where you are now. So I like it. That's good. That's good. And, and that's the thing about me, because I tell people all the time, my church is uh, at Rock City Church. You know what I'm saying? Pastor McClure, we have over, what, 2,500 members as well. I don't get the chance to go to my pastor every time something's going on with me. Now, granted, if there is something that, you know, is going on with me that's major, of course, I know how to reach him. If somebody in my, my family dies, something like that, yeah, I know how to contact him in the church to get them involved. However, when it comes to, like, every major detail of my life, it's not always, oh, let me run the pastor, let me run the pastor. And sometimes we can make it seem like, oh, well, you need a pastor to the point where you always got to run your pastor about every decision you make. No, sometimes you do need those mentors, those people around you, or those positive influence, especially our youth. You know what I'm saying? They can't always go to pastor either. But they may need a, a youth pastor or somebody who is like a mentor to them that can be relatable in that moment to say, okay, well, hey, let's work through this situation. Because truth is, yeah, even if pastor do know your name, don't know your name, that shouldn't stop you from connecting with the ministry. And that's what I wanted to even tell my friend. Okay, so what? The pastor don't know your name. So what? They got a thousand members now. If he's assigned to your life and you think that you, and you believe that that church is still able to feed you, then that shouldn't be a reason. There should not be a reason for you to leave. But most people, they seek that personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with that pastor, which is why, you know, I ask that question, what defines the role of a pastor for you? Because for me, you know what I'm saying? I, I, it's not that I don't even always want that with my pastor, but I understand his, his capacity and leadership and the role that he plays in leadership. So for me, I said, well, let me call up Prophet Tristan, who's one of our house prophets, to say, okay, well, hey, Prophet Tristan, I'm dealing with this. And even though I can't reach Pastor Mike right now, I know you can, you, you can pray for me. And I trust that you're... Uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Connected enough, enough to give me the word that, you know, that I would trust my pastor to give me. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you can't trust a member in your house to give you the same words that you would feel comfortable as your pastor giving you, then I think that that shows that there's no, like, like Kelly said, there's no chain of command in the house. There's no order in the house. There's no flow in the house. Because if, when I go to Prophet Tristan, he's going to tell me the same thing Pastor Mike is going to say. You know what I'm saying? And half the time, they ain't even got to talk. Hey, fam, the, the funny thing is a lot of people that come to church looking for a friend, not a pastor. Mm, yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of times, because they know, they're like, well, the pastor can't reject me. <laughs> he, he has to be my friend. He has to, he has to accept me for who I am. Mm. Uh, he's a pastor. And so a lot of times people come looking for 
a best friend that they can hang out with and go places. And the moment you said that, that um, now there are some pastors who, because they've been pastoring a small church so long, they they relax the boundaries um, and they start doing stuff like that, uh, you know. But but I think I think we have to to set a line of delineation that look, I'm not your I'm your guide, okay? I'm not your best friend. You can't you we not you're not gonna be Jacob this and Jacob that. That's not who I am to you. Uh, and it's not because I need you to call me pastor. I just want you to call me brother. Something. Uh, the, the Bible says the best thing to be called is brother. I don't I don't really care about you know all of that extra stuff. Um, that's just me, and the Lord is still working on me in that area. But um, yeah, I just I really I think that's one of the biggest things. As a lot of times people come because they're lonely and they're looking for somebody to be a friend and they know as a pastor you can't reject them mm. that's crazy <laughs> that's crazy because that's exactly right and a lot of people get upset when they don't get to cross that boundary level with pastor oh a pastor wouldn't available for me pastor couldn't talk with me pastor didn't have a sit a sit down with me in the office pastor don't need to have that with you if he there every sunday and he on the altar hugging people he preaching to you every Sunday. like <laughs> i think it's funny because we we put these we put these unrealistic expectations on our leaders and then get upset when they can't meet them or get upset when it seemed like they may have dropped the ball when truth is, I don't even think they they dropped the ball. It just that may not have been part of their job description. I mean, granted, it is a part of their job description to shepherd you, but shepherding you don't require one on one meeting if you come to church every Sunday. Am I? I, I could be wrong with that, Pastor Charles. Now let me know. Am I wrong about that? Am Am I out of the blender? Am I good? Yes, sir. You good? You good? Oh, well, it, it, absolutely right. I mean, listen, half of the counseling prep of things that have happened that I've gone to have to deal with for the past maybe, oh, man, five to six months. If those folks came to church, <laughs> right. heard the message. And sometimes I'll go back and forth. Did you hear what I said on this past Sunday? I know you didn't because you weren't here, but you, maybe you need to go back and listen. It might be helpful. You know, I mean, because sometimes I'm I'm find myself repeating myself, and I'm like, you know, I'm not, I am not there. Some moments I'm just not going to do it. What you need to do right now is you need to like try Jesus, but Pastor Charles, try him, but Pastor Charles. Now here's the thing though, because we can't neglect the responsibility of people who hear the word and then have to take that action. Like you said, a lot of times people they expect, okay, well, I got a pastor now. All I'm supposed to do is sit here on Sundays and get the message. When truth is, it's more to it. But that, but that's the kind of community that 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 your pet, the pastor is trying to build. If you're trying to build a community where everybody is relying on you, and you, that's what you're gonna do, have at it. Enjoy your life because you're not gonna have one. But if you're making a decision to build a community of people that are reasonable thinking people, that when they leave your presence, they're out to make a difference in the world. I'm I'm want to build disruptors. 
I want to build folks that are ready to disrupt the 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 normal what of things that they've been doing and actually put in righteousness, you know, his peace and join the Holy Ghost. I want people to see what it's like to be able to live this life and be able to come out of it and come out of it well. And and you come back next week so you can get some more nuggets that's going to help you to live your life and live your best life. I mean, I know what's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with that. But I'm going to give you scripture that's going to help you to be able to live this life. Because at the end of the day, your human human issues will come up and you're going to have to deal with them. I deal with mine. You're going to have to deal with yours. But if you have the power of Holy Spirit at work in your life. If you make that decision and you start to work those things out from that perspective, I believe you'll 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 your your work will just be a continual cycle versus it being and and it won't be tedious if that makes sense as well. Completely agree. Anybody else? Did anybody in the I seen a lot of people was uh writing in the chat and sometimes I don't pay attention to the chat. But did anybody want to ask a question or comment before we go ahead and get to final remarks and question of the day? I know this was good dialogue. Okay, so here it is then. I'm going to go ahead and get to final remarks and question of the day. Thank you so much, JY, for um, hitting me up, asking me about that, because I forgot to pin the link, um, because I want to truly encourage as many people as possible to continue to support this platform, continue to support these conversations, because it's where it helps build believers. It's where it helps build our faith. It's where it helps build our community. Like I said, this is an extension of my ministry, but I hope it is a a extension to everybody's ministry because i pray that we can get up and have these conversations that cause believers to come back to god and realize why they're in purpose or what their purpose is so with that being said let me go ahead and ask this last question and we can use this as our uh, our question of the day when you think of a church what do you look for what do you what do you think about you know what i'm saying when you think of going to a good church say if you're looking for a new church what is something that you look for most people look for a great music ministry most people look for a pastor that can actually preach a, a in-depth word that's not so shouty but it can actually educate you some people look for you know hey well my kids enjoy coming to church here will they grow as well in this ministry as i do you know what i'm saying so for you that's my personal question for you as an individual if you had to go find a new church right now what is something that you look for that makes a church an ideal church for you does that make sense pastor charles okay i'm gonna start with you Do-do-do-do. no i'm gonna start with jy correction it's on jy first Pull to refresh, see who you guys are on the stage, and then you'll see the order. JY, it's on you. Uh, great conversation. I'm just taking my bacon off of my smoker. It's good. Get you a smoker or a Traeger. Man, if you ever had smoked bacon before, it will change your life. Um, but great conversation. I don't hear something like you, Prophet, talking when you through my mouth full. Yes, right, so. I was gonna say you got my spirit today. <laughs> so, I'm waiting for Dr. Jekyll to get up here and tell me go on mute. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, great conversation. I was sure about to do it. I was sure about to do it. Disrespect yourself. <laughs> Food all in your mouth. All we can hear is smacking and disrespect. You ain't offering nobody else no dog on bacon off the smoker. You little demon. You need to get saved. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm back. I love Prophet uh, Jacob. I love it. I love it. He's going to be him, and I wouldn't want no one else. So I appreciate it. 
That's why I was like, let me hurt and chew this up. He's going to call me while I'm just while I took a bite off that. And it, and it was hot, too. <laughs> and you know, when it's hot, you got to gotta be you know, I'm tell, back. You know, I'm going to tell your wife, I'm going to call Deborah right now. <laughs> yes, Lord. Lord, got, got you up here disrespecting the family and you out here showing showing your little tail out in front of the family. Disrespect Disrespectful. Yeah, get him. Get him, Charles. Get him. <laughs> Disrespectful. Lord Jesus, this is a great conversation. I implore, I know a lot of us got very, very busy mornings and this and the third thing. And uh, I'm just saying this myself. Um, if you can get in here earlier, that'd be great to drive the help drive the conversation. Cause there are a few folks that dropped in here early and they'd be able to they miss it sometimes. So I know a lot of us, we get, we, it's early morning. We don't, we've got to get our kids and stuff together and things of that nature. But I mean, if, if, if it's up to you all, if you can, like just try to pop it here a little earlier at times, be great. Cause this is a really great conversation. And um, I truly love hearing everyone's voice. Uh, I would say, um, Jay, well, I said it take y'all too long to get to the conversation. Yeah, it does. Wait on y'all. <laughs> it does. Did I black? Like, so, so now, good part. <laughs> so now I can't sleep in because I don't want him up here talking to himself. <laughs> um, but nah, man, great conversation. Great, great, wonderful conversation. Um, I don't think we really got a chance to touch on the topic as well, but I'm looking forward to definitely next week. Um, the question of the day is like, well, I'm looking for a church where I want to find. Um, my wife and I had this conversation all the time. Um, we definitely want something that will pour into our children. That our children is definitely not ignored, but we want to be at a place where it's truly led by the Holy Spirit. Where if if God wants to minister to the praise and worship team, then let God minister to the praise and worship team. If God want to minister through the word of God, word of, word of God through the man and woman of God, let God minister through there. Like, I, I I know I know we have this time constraint and some of us got multiple services and this and that and the other thing. Man, I don't care. Like, we don't got to be out of there in an hour and a half. If God want to deliver and have a three-hour service that when you walk out, your life is completely changed and you will never go back to the way you were before, let God do that. I want to be at a place where God truly has control. We keep going to these services where they say we need to invite them in. We're inviting them in. Let's invite them in the spirit. No, I need to go somewhere where the spirit dwells. Well, he's inviting us in. Oh, that's good, J.Y. I like so I um I, I want to be somewhere where the spirit is truly the chief and we are truly just servants. That's you almost said the save just there. Glory to God. Right. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Under praise God. Ah, sorry. That was a word, JY. <laughs> See, I be telling you, at the eight o'clock hour, it normally just be me and then JY pop in here doing the check-in during the nine o'clock hour. And we be trying to act light because we ain't no preachers for real. We just be on here. You know what I'm saying? We 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 prophetic. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm prophetic. I don't know what JY wanna be. JY bishop in the spirit, I guess. Oh no. <laughs> but we be out here just tripping. But it be the crazy thing is because we don't have to be deep, but God always shows up and always gives us a word. And JY. Bro, you always got a word in your belly right around the end. So I appreciate that, man. Mama Lynn, I'm throwing it over to you. Great topic, great topic, great topic. Uh, I'm like JY. Um, I want to go to a church where 
the Lord our real dwells and he invited me in. I don't I'm I'm so tired of hearing people say, Let's invite the Lord in. No, 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 no. I'm his guest. He ain't I'm his guest. I want him to invite me in. I want him to say, Come on, daughter. Um that's the kind of church I I want to go. Because when I come to church, I'm bringing the Lord with me. I, I'm not yes. going to find the Lord. He already been found. Uh, I just want to go and serve and dwell and worship. And when I leave tr- church, I'm so drunk in the spirit. Somebody got to drive me home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I want to be that one that I have to call a driver because I can't drink. I'm not supposed to drink and drive, and that's the way I want to be. These trucks are getting on my nerves today, y'all. Um, so that's that's where I'm at right now. Um, that's the kind of service I want. Uh, like I said, great topic. I just want everybody speak life into children, whether they're yours or somebody else's, because somebody kids need to know. I am loved by Jesus Christ, and I'm going to leave it there. Pastor Charles, this is all you. Did it loop? Yeah, well, of course, I enjoyed this day. Enjoys went up. I'm here. Alex able to hear. Um, came in a little late, but uh, praise God, I am on tap for what God is wanting to do. Um, for, in terms of church and what church I want to go to, of course, um, we're trying to build that kind of church. I mean, I'm, if I wasn't a pastor, I think I'd go here uh, to Kingdom Life for real. But but the big the big the real big deal for me is, of course, is um worship word um that's my biggest thing is worshiping word um i listen i'm 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 being a musician i can't take it if the if the choirs and the music is not on point it it does bother me i i it i hate to say it but it does because if if it's not right i want to make it right in some kind of way so i have to be real careful with that but uh, other than that um revelatory word is is always gonna be a good thing for me and I'll go on mute. That's what's up, Pastor Charles. I appreciate that. He said the worship and the word. All right, Pastor Jacob, it's on you. Do-do-do. Well, I love you guys. Y'all know I love you. Y'all know I've been in a, a I love you moment in my life. Um, you know, um, for me, um, I guess that they're, they're, for me, it's just, you know, the standard that's set in the church. I, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for, um, you know, if if you're going to preach, preach. Don't don't play with it. If you're going to preach, preach. Because if you're playing with it, I'm going to the house. I can stay at the house. <laughs> um, so um, that's just me. I, 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 I like music, love music, praise the worship leader, done all of that stuff. Uh, background saying that all that stuff, but I'm at a point now where that's not the most important or 
even the third most important thing for me. Um, I just, I just need, I need the word to be absolutely insane. I need the word to be crazy. Uh, make me want to uh, be like JY and put my bacon down. Just saw it. Anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, <laughs> I love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you, Pastor Jacob. I thank you. I appreciate you. Listen, I'm someone who enjoys the whole experience as well. Um, many people know that I've helped um, establish a church once before, my aunt's church in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, while I was going to the Rock Church, I was, of course, helping her establish her church, setting up their Facebook, setting up their streaming, you know what I'm saying, helping them trying to hire musicians, all the other stuff. And I think building an experience in church is definitely necessary. I think building the whole experience from the praise and worship to the devotion um, to the how you present the message, I think building that whole experience is really important when it comes to, you know, establishing a ministry or even finding a church home that you like. But one thing that I do like the most or one thing that I'm looking for when I go to a church as well is opportunities to be involved, opportunities to be active, opportunities to volunteer. I don't know about y'all, but for me, I like building a community or a group of friends in church. Now, granted, you don't supposed to go to church looking for friends, but the fact of the matter is when you are in a loving church, you have opportunities to not only grow and volunteer, you know what I'm saying, but you have the opportunity to build, you know, great connections and, and relationships. And I think that's one thing that I definitely look for in a church. But I'm going to throw it over to Kelly because Kelly go to Alpha Street and her church about as big as mine too. And, you know, with that, I think, you know, we can both touch and agree. When you go to a church that actually cultivates love, it could be a big church and it still smells, it still feels small because of the community that's in that church and how they love on each other. But Kelly, I'm gonna throw it over to you because you probably got a different else. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, so if I had to pick a church to go to, it's the church that I go to. I love my church. Um, <laughs> not only do we have a community feel, even though we are considered a mega church, um, there are plenty of opportunities to serve and the pastor gives people the opportunity to work out their gifts, right? Um, a lot of times people look for churches that, um, that oh, they wanna get everything from the church but don't wanna contribute. And, and that's, to me, that's not a healthy balance of member and church relationship, right? That not only should you go where you grow, but you should also go where you can give, right? And giving, beyond the dollar in your pocket, but giving of your service. And so one of the things I love about Alpha Street is they're community oriented. Um, they give away millions of dollars in scholarships and um, different you know, funded events to help um, further and advance, not only the community that we're in, but also uh, the global community at large. Um, there are ample opportunities for you to serve. He empowers his leaders um, to make decisions and to execute what needs to be executed. Um, he is very good at casting the vision and then giving people the space and the grace to bring the vision to fruition. Um, and so that's the kind of place that I would wanna be at, right? Um, I know a lot of people in that church. A lot of people know me in that church. And the reason for that is because of all of the opportunities that I have taken to serve. Um, because the opportunities can be there, but if the people don't come to serve, um, then that's a whole nother issue. But there's a culture there of social justice, right? So it's not just Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. I love the Holy Ghost. Love a great worship experience. 
But after Sunday morning, what's the work that we're doing to make an impact? That's good. To make Jesus's name great, right? I think the Sunday morning service is for us to come and get fueled up and fired up so that then we can fire on all cylinders and go do what we were called to do. Um, and Alpha Street is a great place for people to come in, um, be empowered, and then go out and execute that empowerment. And so I think that's what I look for in a church. Yes, I want to be able to grow. Um, I need my pastor or whoever's preaching to challenge me to think, to present a new revelation to me in the word, um, give me something new to study for myself, right? But at the end of the day, also provides opportunities for me to exercise the giftings that God has called me for the benefit of the body within the church, but also the body that is coming to the church. So, Elan, thanks so much. That was good. So she wants to go where she can grow and also go where she can sell. Ah. Come on now. Bars. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's next? Who's next? I have, uh, I, have one, I, have, I, have, I have one long word to go with that. African-American History Museum. And they're a major contributor to that. So I'm just going to inform you on that. Run and tell that somebody. I didn't know that. I'm going to have to tell you. JY, that was two for you today. I'm proud. <laughs> you rubbing yeah. off on me, Dr. Jacob. You rubbing off on me. Everybody shut up I almost started. Wait a minute. Okay. All right. That's two. We looking for a third. Come on, Jesus. Do it, Lord. <laughs> All right. So we got Julie, Julius, and Rashonda, last but not least, for final remarks and question of the day. Julie, I know you ain't here for the conversation, so you can just answer the question of the day and let us no, know what you look you for in the church. You can go ahead and do this one, okay? Okay. Oh, that's a good morning. How are you? I'm good. Good, good. I'm so sorry that I, guys, that I come later on the thing. I reach on my break uh, to Verizon because Verizon is doing me dirty. I tell them to remove everything with the hell and give me back my plan. <laughs> Listen, um, what is, repeat the question over again for me. What do you look for when you go to a church? Like, what, what what's your idea of church? You like the choir? You look First of all, yes. That praise, hold on, that praise and worship. I Listen, if a church is hell, nine out of one of the twelve, I lost to give me the sin, and I probably ain't gone back to it anymore. I like when it, you know, you know, from my reach there, that praise and worship, you know, bring you in the atmosphere. That's me. And then second of all, I also like when I'm a church, a lot of church have ministries, you know, like how, like how Pastor Jacob on is, how you have different ministries set up, like, you know, they have, um, um, for example, they have the ministry for the poor, they have the ministry to do, uh, um, you know, service for prayer. I love churches like that, you know, everything that, you know, everything is figured out. You understand? I love church like that. Yeah. If you have those two things for me, you have, you have, you have a good ministry in your church and you have a good praise and worship. I'm all good. I don't have no small kids, so I don't care turn to the church unless I have to visit somebody. So, you know, somebody have to visit me. That's it. Okay. Okay. Understandable. Understandable. Well, that's what's up. That's what's up. All right. I'm going to throw it over to Julius. Julius. Oh, you going to throw it over to me? Exactly. You said what? You said you going to throw it to me? There's somebody else named Julie? No, there's somebody next to you named Julius. Oh, okay. Well, let me go get my food and put y'all on mute because my, <laughs> my, my watch work working. Thank you, Julie. I appreciate you for being in today. Hey, good morning, everybody. How y'all doing? Good, man. Man, look, um, it's funny you asked that question because I, I attend Dr. Patton's church here at Clubhouse, but I'm actively looking for a church here locally, man. And it's like the most challenging thing I think that uh, 
that I've been through in my latter years of life. But one thing I'll say is this, man, I'm looking for a church that is free with the music, free from, free from performances. And I'm looking for a church that's free from events. I'm not looking for an eventful church. I'm looking for a church that has true worship and that has, um, I'm looking for an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Um, so that's the main thing, but the, the music and, and the word are the two things that I, that, that gotta be on point. The last church I was in, I used to get really frustrated on the praise team. Cause I'm like, why don't you just be obedient to the Holy Spirit and free worship? You know, you don't yeah, have to come yeah. in here with a script. You know what I mean? You don't have to come in here with a script every day. And he got mad at me because I told him one day, I was like, you know what, bro? I said, you got a medicine cabinet, right? He was like, yeah. I was like, so if you go in there and you take some Tylenol that expired three years ago, do you think it's going to have the same effect? He was like, no. I was like, so it's the same thing with this music. You come in here week after week after week after week and you're singing the same songs, sometimes it's gonna lose its effect. It's gonna, it's gonna lose what you're trying to do. So I was like, sometimes you gotta be obedient to the Holy Spirit, man, and just free flow. Give, sing what the Lord is putting on your heart to sing, and you'll be surprised at what you can do and what, you know, what it'll do going forward to the people. So that's just me. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. Sometimes freestyle worship allows people to open up and be themselves. You know what I'm saying? When it's especially the praise team, because sometimes you can get so structured in doing, you know, every Sunday protocol. You know what I'm saying? You can get so stuck in doing the routine that you know you lose the potency of it. But actually, when you the time is 11 a.m. Okay, okay, it's Google. Time okay, thank you. But yeah, when you actually have that moment to free worship. You know what I'm saying? And I think they call it shedding. You know what I'm saying? Even shed, you know what I'm saying, on the altar as a worship team, then that allows people to interact with God in a, in a whole different way. So I completely agree with you. That's a good one. That's good. Rashonda, I'm going to throw it over to you. Do -do -do -do. Do -do -do. Good morning, everyone. Um, they had my phone the first part of this morning. This, I have been. Um, my my general uh manager was in uh, our store today and he caught me at six o'clock this morning and I ignored it because what I'm going to do is rest in this season and not be bothered uh by my job. Amen. Hallelujah. I will go in early though today and they're gonna be just fine. Oh, uh, but nonetheless, um, I have had a morning of rest that was needed. Um, especially with these toddlers, my God, are y'all praying for me? Because they have been toddlering my lamb. Um, but when I look for in a church is a place that will not only uh, help cultivate me and my gifts, but my children as well, because I know I'm raising the Lord's prophets. Okay. So a place where, um, I know they are patient because JJ will try you. Okay, real bad. Oh, yes, Jeremiah. His name is Jeremiah today. My God. And so Jeremiah knows that he's anointed. He's a prophet. And um, he is very bossy. And he's like he's supposed to correct everybody. He's already operating in his gifts. He's going to know the truth, huh? But, uh, yeah, sometimes he'll make you step on the gas and keep going, my lamb. But, um, yeah, definitely a place that will help cultivate me and their gifts. Um, I have to feel a little peace there, okay? Um, I'm listening to the word. 
if I'm not crying, because uh, let's just face it, I'm a cry baby. If I don't feel uh, like I have been whooped at the end of service, I don't need to be there. Because if, if, if I didn't feel nothing, it's not a place where um, I'm going to grow. It's going to serve me in the day. I got to feel something. You know what I'm saying? I'm a gangster. Hallelujah. <laughs> so if I don't feel anything at your church, I'm not coming back. So I won't, won't be back. Uh, but definitely, yeah. So just making sure that we definitely, I definitely feel the presence of God, um, the baby too, and we're able to be cultivated. I don't feel like I'm asking for too much out here, but um, the church I've been fellowshipping with is pretty awesome. I just know that I'm not going to join because I'm not going to be there long. Uh, but yeah, because the Lord is doing something new and it's going to shift me again. Hallelujah. And I'm excited about it. So, uh, yeah, when I get to where I'm going, they got big shoes to fill. Amen. Bye. I love y'all. Bye. Thank you so much, Rashonda. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Um, I think Kay Nick is on the phone, so I'm going to throw it over to um, Prophet Christian. Prophet Christian, um, I know you weren't here for the conversation, so I'm just going to throw it over to you just to give you an opportunity to greet the room. And you can answer the question of the day, which is what is something that you look for in a church when you go to attend a ministry? Um, if you're going to join a new church right now, what is something that will make a church your ideal church? It's on you. Well, grace and peace to God our Father, to all of God's people in the room. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good day. Um, God is good. And um, I don't know what the weather is outside just yet. Praise our God. Um, but the sun is shining in the house. Hallelujah. And I'm grateful um, to the sunshine. Now, if I was going to attend or possibly join yeah if you are looking you're right if you are looking to join a new church what do you look for in a church what makes a church your ideal church to go to well for me it's probably a lot different than others because if i'm going anywhere i have to be assigned to that ministry um whether it be assigned for this next move in my life or whether it be that there's something in me that I'm bringing to the ministry, or again, whether God is sending me to sit and receive. Um, so yeah, I am a praise and worship person. So I love praise and worship, right? Um, but that's not my focus. My focus is the word of God, um, is the unadulterated, doctrine being preached or is it being um <sighs> is it being opinionated or is it being uh, watered down uh g give me the word right don't don't give me your emotions i don't want to hear your opinions i want to hear the word of god and so because that is where I'm at in this season and in this summer. Um, that's what I'm looking for. Um, and also, where is it that I'm supposed to be serving, right? I'm not one, I'm sorry. I'm just not one to flop and sit at anybody's table. I just can't do it. Um, and this, this, is, this is me too in this realm 
prophet. I don't visit everybody's church. Facts, me neither. Okay, so for me, there, there has to be set reason, whether it be Holy Spirit says, get up and go here, or it's that I'm supporting a gift that is in operation. Um, so I'm not one to just flop and go everywhere because I'm too sensitive to God to allow contamination to hit my spirit. And every house is not a God house. I'm going to say it again. Every house is not a God house. We have to be very careful whose table we sit up under. We have to be very careful who's feeding us. Because there are a lot of individuals that are being fed rotten food, stale food, and contaminated bread. And I refuse, Pastor Charles, to be fed stale bread in this hour. Pastor Jacob, I refuse to eat rotten food. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this room. So no, there's no way that I can just flop and just go to a church because the praise and worship is good. I'm not going. I'm not just going to a church because the choir sings wonderfully. No, that's not where I'm going. I need, I'm just talking about me. Y'all ain't going to say nothing, but I'm talking about me. I need the word, right? And so that's why I started off by saying I have to either be assigned or God has to send me for whatever reason because I, I, I cannot, I cannot just sit and not eat and that's where I was a season in my life. And God had to give me the revelation that I'm feeding you from a higher table so everybody can't pour into you. So because you're eating at another table, you got to understand you're serving to pour, but you're also pouring to get fed. So that's me. And I hope I answered the question. Um, and uh, that's my, my take on it. Awesome, awesome. No, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Cause I'm the same way. I don't go to everybody's house, can't eat at everybody's table because I ain't finna do it. I ain't finna eat that raw meat. Because <laughs> so yeah, I'm not getting sick in this. Don't even know. Yeah, you have no idea who been touching that food and what animals been walking over it. So you don't know who messing with it whatever. You better right. double check what you eat before you right. get cross contaminated. And now let's talk about the natural. This is why I don't eat at potlucks. Oh, okay. Amen. Praise God. Y'all ain't gonna talk to you. <laughs> that is why I eat at the potlucks. <laughs> and most family functions, I got to know who cooked what. Oh, okay. Amen. <laughs> who made the potato salad? Tell the truth. Look, I'll show up with a bag of Captain D's in a heartbeat. <laughs> a week. <laughs> I'm not sure with a bag of Captain D's. Well, listen, I definitely understand. I'm the same way in certain sense. Like, I got to attend your church virtually first before I come in person because you never know what type of spirit is going to try to hop on me. <laughs> but, no, this was a good And let me say this, too, because I think we have to be very discerning. Um, especially, I think people go to churches with hidden motives, and then when their motive is really revealed then they try to settle in a place that has an agenda. And that's not what God did. So this is why there's a mass exodus 
because you came in with an agenda. And individuals are not seeking God wholeheartedly for where they are supposed to be. Mm. They want to go to a place to where they can either sit and hide or where they can go to a place and not be found out. No, ma'am. No, sir. Your gift has been given unto you to be in operation to edify the body of Christ. So your seek and your pursuit should be God. Where do you need need to serve god bless that's good that's good don't come in here starting stuff krista listen you i'm all for it the man of god asked me a question so i just <laughs> but you know how you know how to answer it in a calm way and then you know how to answer it in a christian way don't play with me okay we know the difference between the two <laughs> Jacob said, "Tell your prophet voice off. <laughs> uh-uh. you, 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 your voice changed. Not too loud. Not too loud. Prophet Christian, why? Why are folk? Because I did that. I was in that season before. Why are folk going into like these? I would say this: these evangelical course churches that are really huge. They have like coffee and all this other stuff, where they have these little small groups and stuff, knowing that they have a strong call in their life. Why are they running to those churches to hide? Because." Uh, uh, Dr. Jacob said something in my pop-up room the other day. He said that, and he could correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Dr. Patton, what he said was, I uh, disagreed with the decree on my life. And because I disagreed with the decree, I'm now offending God or angry with God because he called me. And so because I disagree with the decree, I got to go somewhere else so that they don't see the decree. So I can hide and be juggle and hide and I can do what I want to do versus yielding wholeheartedly with the call and the decree of God that is on your life. Oftentimes, uh, uh, Prophet J.Y., individuals don't yield to what they are called to because of what they have seen. This is why you can't just flop at everybody's table, Apostle Daddy, because there's a major call on individuals' life, but because they saw that bishop do it that way, they said, no, I can never do it this way. So you have to understand you are your own individual, so you will never do it like anybody else. It might be parallel, but it won't be the same. God bless. Thank you. I needed to hear that. Okay, move on. Man, I think a lot mic of folks need to hear that. Take your mic and eliminate it off of your your thing. Don't don't you use your mic no more for the rest of the week. <laughs> you you need to stay in bed with baby girl, my 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 little sister. Don't you don't come off your mic at all for the rest of the week. Well, y'all been going at it this morning. I I've been in meetings most of the morning. I'm headed now to prepare for another one and. and got some more insurance to write as the old people would say but uh it's 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 interesting because what prophet christian just said is something that we miss it's one thing to be inspired by somebody it's one thing to even try to plagiarize what people do but you always what what you are will always reign supreme first and foremost and here's another thing 
and particularly, you know, depending on what, you know, tradition you grow up in, you know, I know in the, in the Baptist church in particular, uh, and I'm not saying it don't happen in the other Pentecostal denominations, but there's a lot of pressure uh, in, between, in between the preaching moments and leadership moments to conform to how everybody does it. Yeah. If, 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 every, if you ain't hollering and sweating and closing five times, you ain't preached. And now that paradigm has started to shift a lot in this generation. But 30 years ago, uh-uh. You know, the, the guy that can just, you know, everybody talking about uh, Dr. Charles Stanley now, but all the people tell me, I say, oh, I love Dr. Stanley. No, you don't. Because if somebody was black was talking like that and preaching like that on Sunday, you wouldn't join the church. you get up and walk out doing the sermon. You know, so uh, I think that is probably my biggest concern is people developing a caricature of what they think they should do or how culturally you should preach or prophesy or teach. And then you develop this character and you think it's the anointing, and it's not. When you find, and I think that's where some people even drop out of ministry, because they never really found their own voice. They just went after what they saw, and then they didn't have the grace to withstand uh, what they had to withstand to develop, because they was trying to withstand something under somebody else's grace, and they just couldn't do it. But that's just me. I'm going over here. Dr. Patton, I can completely agree with you at that point. So here's the question, and we closing up out of here now, but Dr. Patton, the question on the table, you know, we always do questions of the day, was when you go to a church, because, you know, we had the conversation about uh, Little Church and Big Church yesterday, and today we kind of took it a little further, talking about our youth and how they impact our ministry and how we pastor and whatnot. So when you go to a church, uh, say, for example, you start uh, to start a new church and whatnot. What would be something that you look for? Some people say praise and worship. Some people say a place that got ministries where I, be, I can be involved and be active. Some people say I go to a place where my pastor know his word. He, he's deep. He's theological. He, he shifts my mind on revelation or whatever. What would be your overall thing that makes you say, OK, well, hey, I'm going to join this church and this is the ideal church for me? Uh, the, the combination of worship and word. As, as a planner myself, I've always said that I would invest handsomely in the worship environment. Because if you create the environment for worship, and, and I'm not talking about performance, I'm talking about real worship. It's not about how talented you are, how well they play, how well they sing. Now there's gotta be a certain skill level, me because myself as a musician and even singer, that's certain things and of course, I would just want to be able to hear just because of my own ability. But you start there and then you build your auxiliaries out from there, from the space of uh, those that are seeking a church. And if I was seeking a church, that's what I would be looking for. And the other infrastructures could be uh, negotiable for me because, you know, all of us in here know. At whatever level, and as we talked about yesterday with big church, little church, you know, a church is only as effective as the hands that help to run it. And uh, one class I'm taking right now, uh, the book I'm reading is so powerful because it talked about how sometimes uh, pastors don't delegate very well. 
And most times we don't have any choice but to carry the ball a little bit more than we want to because we just don't have the manpower. And then when we do start to get that manpower and we don't delegate the, the, the you know, the different responsibilities and different gifts and talents to people that God will put on our heart to do it, then you can't find out what's in people unless you delegate. So to me, it has to be an infrastructure that is built from the things that you're going to emphasize. And typically, uh, word and worship is going to be the first thing that uh, any church is going to be birthed out anyway before you create the auxiliaries. Because when you start with just two or three people or 10 or 15 people, you know, uh, it, it's, it's a little bit rough until you begin to kind of grow. And then with that intimate worship of 15 to 20, then you can really identify what's in people and then you start to build from there so um but that's that's how i look at it pat are you saying that a lot of these leaders are leading from a place of fear instead of the opposite of fear of love power and sound mind? they don't want to delegate that means they're operating in a place of fear is that what you're saying absolutely and not only a place and now fear is the is the is, is the nice part some of it okay let me just go and wake it up some of our leaders are, are very selfish. They're selfish leaders where they got to be in every meeting. Um, and when you train your people that way, and then when you try to release the reins, um, a lot of the times people can't handle it because, you know, hey, um, I got a two-year-old that's still breastfeeding. You know, she don't want to come off the, off, the, off the nipples. You know, I'm about ready to get up, how to get off of her because I'm ready to get back on. But anyway, I'm just saying you know, where you got certain people, the way you train people is the way you'll be able to delegate. If you're not training people from a space of saying, I'm trying to help you uh, not duplicate another me or another you, but another variation of the gift of Christ that's in that person to be able to cultivate that gift, to be able to work that, work, wake that gift up. And since we're so personality driven, in a lot of churches, then we're trying to delegate leadership and authority based on uh, personality and not necessarily skill sets or even developing certain skill sets. Or like like Paul said, I want to impart into you to you some spiritual gift. And that ain't just laying on of hands all the time. Sometimes that's literally putting somebody in a situation that may be commensurate or maybe uh, even comparable, but they're not there yet. And then that training space, if you create your church and make your church to be an epicenter of, of, of learning and development and discipleship, then those kinks will work themselves out. Don't mean that it's going to be some type of utopia that you'll, uh, you know, that you'll create where people won't have their, their scrapes and dust-ups and mistakes. But at least if the environment and the, and the, and the theme is, hey, uh, like in, in my fraternity, uh, shameless plug, and Cap Office Opportunity Incorporated, we say that we're training for leadership. It makes sense. I may not be the leader yet, but I'm training to become one. So if we have that same understanding in the body of Christ, then delegation and really kind of building out our, our, our infrastructure for church and the church administration will actually be a lot better. I still feel like selfishness has the root of fear. Like I feel like the underlining is still fear. Only reason why I keep saying that is that every time, like if I gotta be in a meeting and know what's going on or whatever, that means that I don't trust. Well, me not trusting means there's a sense of fear. You know what I mean? Or I don't want uh I wanna make sure I have my hands on everything, 
you know, that means that there's still a sense of fear because you don't, you're not thinking with a sound mind. That's what the Bible tells us. God not Yeah, J.Y., but there's another layer to that, according to the, the book I'm reading. When you can, that kind of leader can have people that's actually capable, but they're, they're more so less fearful. They're probably more insecure than feel, fearful. Because when you leave from a space and you leave people that are gifted, because see, those kind of people, they like to attract the gifted because they want the giftedness, but they want to they want to stifle and they want to control. It. That's where control and witchcraft comes in at, where you want to you, you want to use that gift as you see fit and not as how God will see fit. Because you're afraid that, oh, this person's going to do something and they're going to do it so well, they're going to do it better than me. And a real leader wants to have people under his leadership, his or her leadership, that does things better than them. And again, when you foster the, the right environment, then it's not about who does it well. It's about the efficiency of the organization or the, the church itself. And when you see it from that perspective, then you got gifted people around you and you're afraid to delegate. Then that's not out of fear. That is literally out of selfishness and control, because especially if you got a Saul spirit, you don't want David to get his get his song wrote. You know, you only want your song sang. That that's a problem, and that happens more than we care to admit in a lot of churches. I believe one of the greatest y'all like to throw this word out litmus test of a leader is the success of those that they were that was under them. Um, if 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 you are a leader and you have students and your students are still Top of it a bit, or they haven't shown any growth. Then I don't look at the students necessarily. I look at the 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 leader who is leading them. Like as a leader myself, I want, or as a father, let's put it this way, I want my children to go further and way beyond what I've done. Way beyond. If I made a million dollars, I want them to make a billion. Now I don't want them to make just two million. I want them to jump to a whole nother uh, a zero at it um, and another comma. But uh, and that's what that's a bunch of more commas actually one more comma yeah and three more zeros. That's where I look at it as, and a lot of people I feel like they're so afraid of losing that luster, that that they are not pouring into everything that they have. I believe Jesus, like Jesus, poured everything he had into his disciples. Everything, leave no crumbs or nothing, you know, so they can actually have to be equipped to do the better, the greater things. Uh, but Prophet had mentioned earlier, if y'all was in here, uh, <laughs> he had mentioned earlier about us hiding what we get. Like, like it, even people that get, even people who win the lottery, they, they, this dude grab this lottery uh, winners with a screen mask on because he didn't want to buy get over. He didn't want his family to know. Right, that's the difference. But I, I get it, that part in that area. But we still hide. What, don't tell nobody what you got this from. Or if you get a hookup on a deal. I ain't gonna tell nobody where I got this from. I ain't gonna tell nobody where I got this outfit from. Like it's it's a it's a terrible concept that we have a, a, a grab. I don't know where it came from, but it's a horrible concept. But you know what, Jy, that doesn't. I, I can't put that on the leader, right? Uh, I have to put that on those the leader is leading, because again, remember individuals come to said church with hidden agendas and we have to be discerning 
when we put people in position because they have hidden agenda. And oftentimes some leaders are involved where we would say too much, but the leader is saying, I'm making sure that what I've built is not being torn down because we have individuals that come with motive that we see the God and we hear God say, allow them to be here, allow them to serve here and do these things. And they are individuals that take on a leadership or a headship piece as if it's my way or the highway versus understanding that we are all working together. And so because of that, said leader has to reposition and redirect often to, like you said now you want your children to do far better than you right now if you put a billion dollars in their hand they don't know what to do with it they don't want they won't value it so you often have to redirect reinstruct and reposition so that they will be able to hold it in the future right and so you give them a little bit to see how they manage and then when they manage that well you give them more. And so I do believe that when it comes down to said leadership, and you, leadership is my vein, y'all, so I just love leadership talk. But when you talk about first-tier leaders and versus second-tier leadership, second-tier leaders have to put down their agendas. And oftentimes, it's masked as servanthood. But it is an agenda or, to tear down. It is a see you, and this is how you know because did they come with a brick in their hand or did they come empty-handed? All right, I'm, I'm gonna stop talking because I know that, the other bishops good, in Bishop. Bishop. That's good. they want to talk in here. But if we're gonna build the house, everybody gotta have a brick. Sure. You can't be empty-handed coming up yeah. in here. Okay. When, I, and I get, I, I get, I get that part. I think what what we missing is the thing that you mentioned of discernment. Like we still, even as a leader, I still serve up under something, right? And in in my leaders serve up under something, and and but we all serve up under God. So are we seeking God before we put people in place, or just because they look and sound like they can do what we want to do or need, we put them there? You know, the end of the day is like. If God tells me to do X, Y, and Z, I'm a trust. And the Bible says all leadership, all authority comes from God, right? So, Absolutely. so if he has ordained or put them in a position, then, and this is what God says, mm -hmm. then I'm not going to hit God with the, are you sure? You know what I mean? You know, I hear what you're saying, but let me say this, and I know uh, Dr. Jacob is trying to come in. I just want to throw this out here for, for that point that you just brought out. Oftentimes, I can hear God that you are the one for that position, but here it is. You got to grow into that place. That's you got good. to mature into that place. And oftentimes your immaturity because of your lack of understanding of what you are supposed to do can tear down. And, and, and it's, it's, it's not that you are willingly 
tearing down. It's the immaturity portion. So there are times that I that that I as first tier leader may have to step in and to support that decision that I put in place. Because watch this, the parishioners have got to hear you validate the voice that you put in place. Okay, ain't nobody gonna talk here. So because I put JY over outreach, I need to be able to validate JY's voice, but I also need to be there to be sure that JY oftentimes doesn't drop the ball. Now, sometimes you have to so that you will learn that you don't know it all, but then other times there has to be a support and saying, hey, no, 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 I hear you. I understand where your mind is going. We're not gonna do that because it experience teaches us that that doesn't work for us. It may work over there for Dr. Jacob, but it's not going to work over here in JY land. So there are oftentimes that first tier leaders have to come in and, and help second tier leaders to see what they cannot see because first tier sees beyond what you see as second tier. All right, I'm stopped talking. Jay, uh, Jacob, go ahead or whoever else was next. I'm sorry. Pastor Danny was down there. Let him jump in. I know you ought to jump in. <laughs> well, listen, uh, Kena's blessings. I love y'all. I haven't seen y'all in a while. This is good stuff right here, y'all. I got the red bar uh, of death. The devil's a whole lot. Let me say this. I, I agree with what everybody's asking. I completely understand what my brother JY is subscribing to, but I also agree with what Kristen is saying. And in saying that, y'all, don't also for, let, us, let us be reminded of systematic teachings and dogma. A this is good. Pastors, a lot of these pastors, I just left the biggest organization in the world. A lot of these pastors, let me go ahead and tell y'all the truth. White evangelicalism doesn't believe in the apostolic graces. They operate in three out of the five. I'm actually writing a book, the three things, the three things that destroyed the bridge of the kingdom of heaven, dogma, doctrine, and denomination. They do not operate in this and so set circles and standards that we operate in and we and we abide by. So a, a lot of this stuff that's being taught in the in the charismatic movement in the church, if you will, has a lot to do with systematic uh, 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 oppression, if you will, systematic dogma and doctrine. And uh, let me go ahead and say, like my apostle said, Pastor Bagani, uh, 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 denomination of demons, dogma of demons. And so a lot of this stuff you guys are saying is great. Like I completely understand what I see everybody's viewpoint. But a lot of these pastors, especially the old pastors, especially, let me give you guys an example. And I'm going to get out the way. Pastors would say, you don't need to go online to get a word, get away from social media. It's of Satan, the devil's on social media, blah, 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 blah. But guess what happened when COVID hit? That exact same pastor was on social media talking about, you can send your tithe and your offering at Cash Apps. Sure. Facts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> got to be careful, y'all, that, 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 and, and so, and so, I, I, but again, I, I, I'm with, I'm with Chris. I do not micromanage, but I had, I just came out of a Jezebelic attack. I lost 27 members. I don't like micromanage. I don't like to be micromanaged. And let me tell y'all something. I even left the covering and I was, I was, I superseded my teacher. When the student becomes the teacher, it's time for the student to leave. How he leaves is predicated on honor. And so we obviously understand the disciples were disciples until they became apostles. And so a lot of this stuff you guys are saying and talking about, I love it. It's relevant. It's true. But do not forget systematic uh, uh, teachings. Do not forget dogmatic uh, beliefs and even the way the doctrine is ran. Let me tell you something about this. It, there's a difference between anointing and anointed and appointed. There's a difference between the cross and the shield. There's a, a difference between the blood and a system. So let's just be careful about that, y'all, because a lot of these pastors are not anointed. They're assigned. A lot 
lot of these pastors are not pushing the cross. They're pushing the shield. A lot of these pastors are not being led by the spirit. They're being led by the spirit. Danny, I, 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 I don't want you to give away too much from the book. But you said they operate out of three out of five, um, five fold. Can you tell us what the three are? They operate with the teacher, the evangelist, and the pastor. My God. You evangelist. Y'all, y'all black folks, y'all apostles and prophets will not be <laughs> you just will not be welcomed at their church because they not that they don't believe in it. They don't they don't they don't honor it. They don't speak against it, but they don't honor man, it. I'm keeping it real with y'all. And, and and Pastor Danny, real quick before Jacob jumps in there, I'm gonna tell you why I know that's true. I experienced that from the former denomination I came out of. And when I began to reckon, I went in there with the gifts and didn't really know it until they began to just manifest on their own. When you are knowing it, they're they just going to come out and they'll pick you for it. But when you start, you know, they'll select you for it. But when you start operating in apostolic grace, you can't stay. They're going to kick you out. That's what happened to me six years ago. I know that, I know that now, but then I didn't. I know now because I've been around more apostolic people but go ahead let, let me tell y'all right now what's causing the biggest infighting in the charismatic christian movement y'all ready deliverance deliverance has the black people the white people the yellow people the green people going to war with each other no a christian can have a demon yes he can doctrine the demons i mean y'all gotta understand a lot of this stuff is dogmatic doctrinal beliefs and i'm telling you i'm writing this book on the three things that have severed have destroyed the bridge that connects the kingdom but i believe before dr jacob comes and tears this place up i believe that there's a last day reformation that god is restoring the apostolic grace and god is uh, god is uh, bringing uh, uh, re-erecting the bridge that connects us all because to be honest with y'all it's bigger than the cross it's bigger than the shield it is about the cross it's bigger than the system it is about the blood it's bigger than the uh, the appointment it's about the anointing i oh wow um i i want to speak really quickly to all that i've heard here because it it is i, I want you to, to understand it's not fear for everyone um jesus says that i am the door uh, back in biblical times, what the shepherd would do is he would put the sheep inside of their container and he would put his body across the door to that container, to said container. And what he was saying is if there was anything that was going to get to the sheep, it had to go through me first. Um, so when Jesus literally says, I am the door, uh, what he's showing us is we can't be so busy trying to put people the, to work that we do not protect the sheep. And everybody that's anointed may not be anointed for this ministry. And some people, hear me, some people, you have to give them time to process the last ministry out of their sight, out of their life because you're trying to come to this ministry with that, that work, you know, what you were doing over there. Well, you can't continue what you were doing over there because that don't work over here. That's not our grace over here. Um, and so sometimes uh, one of the things that, that uh, we used to argue about is I told them the Lord began to share with me, make them worshipers before you make them workers. Allow them to to smell the atmosphere of where they are, to experience the atmosphere of where they are, 
before you're so eager just because they can sing, you put them up in your your, your church because they can carry a tune. We And we get so caught up in the fact that people can that we miss the fact that, or the question, should they? <laughs> just because they can doesn't mean that they should in your ministry. So it's not, a lot of times it's not fear. It's the fact that I have to be, I am called to be the second protector of, of the sheep God has entrusted us with. So you can't just let everything in your, with a, give everything a mic, give everybody that can, that can proclaim and that sounds like a preacher. Oh God, he has the voice. Oh, so what? That's good. Um, and I, I don't, I don't want you to, I don't want you to, to take for a minute that I, I am not saying, you know, there are pastors. I was talking to a pastor. We have a minister's conference here every year at Hampton University. And there was a pastor who was who was walking around, Pastor Danny. He was walking around and he had his uh, oxygen tank. Uh, and he was walking around talking about how um, he, he preaches in his pulpit 49 out of the 52 Sundays a year. And I got in trouble because uh, you know me, that's who I am. I asked him, I said, you don't have any sons? How is it that you are walking around with an oxygen tank and you're touting the fact that you can't, you can't see out of one eye and the other one is getting dim? You don't have any sons? You haven't raised up anybody that, that could carry on the vision of the house? And so I think, I think but that comes from, okay, David was anointed at a, <laughs> as a boy, but he didn't take. You have to grow into the, the position you're called to. And I don't think that it's, it's fear. I think that it is proper shepherding that you can't just expose the sheep to anything and anybody just because they can. I'll shut up there. I would say this, Dr. Jacob, I'm not, and let me, let me preface, I know it's not an argument or whatever. I'm not prefacing that all the leaders are operating out of fear. I think for everything that's meant for good, there's a way for it to be perverted, right? Sex, sex, was, sex was made for us to procreate and this, that, and the other, but it has been perverted with, you know, fornication, rape, and all these other uh, things and this, that, and the other. So everything is not meant for that place. That's what I mean about the discerning of the heart. I want a person who is guiding me and leading me to help me. Like I didn't say lead and leave. I want you to lead and lead, which means you're there with me and you're showing me which way to go. Not put me in this place and walk away and now I got to figure out on my own. Um, there's a different thing. But then there's also a way of being very domineering and then not allowing them to grow. So granted, it's like planting a, a, a planting a, a, a tree or whatever in a, a two-liter bottle. Uh, remember those old days to cut the little bottles in a two-liter and you plant plants in it? After a while, it'll overgrow it. And then if it don't get a chance to grow out, it'll eventually die or break or whatever. Like uh, plant me, but still put me in a pot that allows me to get as big as I can and you're still there. You're still spraying me and pouring and whatever to me as I begin to flourish. But then when I get to that point where I'm big enough to break out this pot, then you plant me into a field where I can truly be able to grow. But you still have your eyes on me even in that field. 
Um, I just, I, that's what I'm saying the difference of. There's some people that are really intimidated by gifts and their abilities, and so then they put themselves in it. That's the fear part. But then there are some that are very embraced that wants to, like you said, raise up sons, raise up daughters to carry on the word that God has uh, called you and this, that, and the other. I think there's and uh, what all this can also be avoided with is having open conversations. Allow your up-and-coming leaders to be able to have open dialogue with you and speak freely about what they feel so they can get complete understanding. People are afraid to talk to their pastors because they're afraid that their pastor is going to shut them down or shut them up or demote them or sit them down. But be able to have these open dialogues. I know uh, Dr. Healy, Dr. Jake Lee, but I know like Prophet Christian, all of them are really open to dialogue in that way. And, and some people just are not. And that's what I'm saying. I definitely understand that. I definitely understand that. I mean, I think it's a combination this, of everything, to be honest. Oh, Pastor Charles, you want to jump in? Well, yeah, well, this conversation is something. Um, and I, I want to just maybe put throw a rock in, in the midst of this window and hopefully just make a little small little indentation and not break the whole thing. But there are some pastors who have dealt with the process of uh, those that will um, do things to cause them to be fearful, so to speak. Um, case in point, um, what I, I'm probably, I, I probably would say I'm not fearful now at this point. I am cautious and I watch um, and, I, and I actually have to vet because I had people that were with us that I thought were with us and for us, but they turned into folks that decided they wanted to start their ministry within the ministry. Yes, they sir. were too scared. They yes, were too sir. scared to, too scared to uh to do it on their own, but they weren't scared they weren't fearful or they weren't respectful enough not to try to do it in the midst of a church that's already established. And 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 that to me that is the that is the cheapest most um that that's that's a cheap way out. You know, and um, and I just really, really wanted to put that in there because it's sometimes like for me, it's not necessarily that I'm fearful at all. And I know you're not talking about me per se, but I but I want to put that out there for there are some of us who are out there who have had to deal with that kind of thing and are not very um, uh, not very open necessarily to um, uh, to to those kinds of things. Just because of past experiences, and some it is something that has to be dealt with by Holy Spirit. Um, but I just want to put it out there because th that is that is actually a thing. That's actually a thing. People are so wimpy and so the way they are that they won't do their own thing for real, but they want to they want to get on your coattails or your skirt tails or whatever you want to use it and try to uh, utilize the people that you have in all in saying, well, that we're all members together. We're all, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. And then, then when we get you for it and, and all of a sudden everything's unfair and you, you don't, you're not really kingdom and shut up. The yeah. real deal <laughs> is. Pastor Charles. The real deal is, you are wimp. That's what you is. Okay. Pastor Charles, I know, I know you don't operate out of fear. I know. Let me just put this out there. Well, let me tell you something about me, myself. Um, before I met my wife, I was engaged to someone else and me and her was like, she loved me, professed her love and this and that and the other and da, 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 da. Everything was going great. Was, you know, planning a wedding and all this stuff. I found out that she cheated on me. Right. I gave her my, all my heart and everything else. I was, I had bought a house before I was even married with her. I was going to put her on the deed of my house. 
So she would have had full ownership of my house without having to work. And I found that she cheated on me, right? I was heartbroken. I was done for like, man, I was to the point where I was like, you know what? I don't even think I need to be married or whatever. My first wife did this all this to me and yada, yada, yada. And then I had went to God and God had this this desire in my heart for compassion. I mean, uh, for companionship and this, that, and the other. So I went to God and I was really plain about who I wanted. If, all right, if I, you told me in order for being ministry and what God was going, where he was going to take me that I would have a wife in this matter and this and that and the other. And so I was very specific about what I asked for to the, down to the point of her having an iPhone, you know, <laughs> and I had to learn how to trust God in that aspect and be okay. If something didn't go the direction I wanted it to go. I had to learn how to trust God. And I know there's people out here who will use a church as an agenda. They'll use a church to get uh, ordained and start their own stuff. There's just some sick folk that's out here. But for every sick folk out here, there's wonderful anointed called loving people as well. And so we have, that's when we have to really just be on our face on a regular basis and really talking to God and being specific. You know, being specific about what we want and who we want and have whom show it to. Like I told Prophet, I, I, a lot of you all, I done put y'all under test and y'all didn't even know y'all was under test just so I could feel the authenticity of who you are. And I believe the God that's within you all when you speak. And then no one, fortunately, I've not necessarily ran to some people that I have not fully been able to been burned by yet, but I still trust God. Even if I do get burned by someone, I still trust that God sits on the throne. And maybe this is for me to learn a lesson going forward of how to discern better or how to pick up signs and how to understand this. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I granted, like people out here, there's some horrible, horrible, horrible individuals out here who have very sick mindsets. We'll talk about God's gonna do this and God loves you, this, that, and the other. And behind the back, they got child pornography or they got some type of thieving spirit or this and that and the other. And they present themselves in this particular way or whatever. But the end of the day is that God still sits on the throne. And the thing is, is if God called that ministry, he's going to pour into that ministry no matter what tries to come and dissolve it. Flat out. JY, I apologize. My I had a call that I missed, I, and, I, and I don't want you to think that I was um, not valuing your voice. I just had a call from my father. Y'all pray for my father. Uh, he came into Baltimore. Uh, to do a Good Friday service in Baltimore. They rushed him from the airport directly to the emergency room. I know you lying. Yeah. And so um, um, he rushed him from the airport directly to the emergency room uh, because he was unable to, um, to well, I'm not going to go through all of that. But uh-huh. yeah, they, they rushed him directly from the e uh, the airport to the emergency room. And so he's still dealing with uh, the reason as to why. And so I'm headed down to Greensboro uh, tonight or tomorrow morning uh, because he's having a procedure on Friday. Uh, so please, ma'am, please, sir, if you would say James Woodson's name uh, in your prayers. Uh, and uh, so please, I'd also wanted, like I said, to apologize, JY, I did not want you to feel like I didn't value what your comment was in uh, response to what I said. However, uh, I just had to take that call. So I just wanted to say that out loud. God bless you. Dr. Jacob, I know your heart. So I would never have thought that. <laughs> and, count I, it and I just, I, I, I know, I know you know me. I know, I, you know, Amen. I love you and I don't ever want anything to, you know, 
but because you know it and I know it, everybody else watching, I want to eliminate any room for the enemy to even play around with. You see how he left? The devil is a liar. You're not going to play around with that. I want to ensure that our respect is mutual across the board, no matter who you are, where you are. And we always keep um, everything in the right place and in the right standing. God bless. I love you guys. Y'all know I do. Ah, shut up. Can I can I share real quick? And I'm out the way. Yes, sir. I just wanna, I'm sorry. I did it. And, and, did you hear? Did you hear me? Did you hear me tell him to shut up? Did you tell me, hear me tell him all that? <laughs> yeah. Just because your headphones don't mean I won't come for you. Oh, hush now. I, I just need to do that. Go ahead, Pastor Daddy. I just, no, I just need to make I sure just, that was like, I, I just want to say something. Just speak on what JY and what you, Pastor Charles, y'all said some great stuff. And I love it because JY, you said some stuff about your marriage and your relationship. And I love that because the Bible tells us, y'all, that all things are working cohesively. The good, the bad, and the ugly that we are experiencing in our lives, believe it or not, is perfecting our faith, strengthening our faith. If we would not have gone through the valleys, we would not know how to act on the mountaintop. And so as pastors, I can absolutely 100% agree with Pastor Charles about his reservations with allowing people to do this, that, or the third. Because the Bible says the kingdom of heaven operates in decency and in order. And Pastor Charles, let me go ahead and, 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 and tell you the truth. That is a form of rebellion. And rebellion is a form of witchcraft. Whenever somebody does something, there's honor to dishonor. There's right, there's wrong. There's heaven, there's hell. There's up, down. There's left, there's right. The pendulum doesn't swing too far from the right to the left. I had a Jezebelic spirit come into my church and cause me 27 members. But here's why I need to talk to you, JY, because this is great. This is, this is how it correlates to you. I got to make sure now that because of my past trauma and experience that I'm not dealing with the church now based on what I just came out of. And so right now I'm talking to you guys and I'm sermon prepping for the night and I'm going to be teaching under the five insurrections that come to plague the church. The five spirits that come to cause division, damage, hurt to the church. Y'all ready? The spirit of Lucifer, Judas, Jezebel, Absalom, and a, and a, and a fifth of hell, whoever that is. I, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but y'all know who I'm talking about. So there's insurrections that specifically are geared to destroy the church. But the good, the bad, and the ugly are working cohesively in perfecting us to be the leaders. Remember, we did not choose God. God chose us. Many are called, few are anointed. Uh, uh, but anyways, you know you know what I'm talking about. So I love what you said because, yes, your experience brought you to that place, but your experience with your past relationship made you a better husband, made you a better man, made you realize your weaknesses, and you learn and you grow from it. And that's exactly what Pastor Charles was saying because if we give – you know the double, y'all. If you give him an inch, he'll take him a, a, a mile. That's just the way he is. So all these things are a valid point. And here it is. In the culture of the world that we're living in, they will try to say that you're controlling – I had my Jezebel send me a letter and say that I was a cult. She sent me a, 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 a video of one of my friends who was preaching on the cult, on the occult. I sent the picture to my friend of her sending it to me. Him and I chuckled. I said, she says I'm running in a cult. But here it is. She went and started a little small group by herself, all in the name of Jesus. Can I say something to y'all? I'm going to get out the way. Some of the greatest battles and the greatest perversions are all happening in the name of Jesus. Jezebel was a prophet. We always talk about Jezebel. She was a prophetess. She did prophesy and talk about God. It just wasn't our God. Let me say this, and I'm going to get out the way, y'all. We're constantly 
talking about the snake, but let's not forget about the little foxes. Judas was a snake, but Peter was a fox. And so let's be situational awareness is us preparing our leaders to know that when the snake comes in, because the snake is going to come in, the snake is only dangerous if you get too close to it. So I want to say that I think this great conversation, there's, let me say this too. There's no wrong way in doing the right thing. Again, systematic oppression, systematic way of teaching, uh, 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 again, not everybody operates flows like we do. Not everybody believes in what we believe in. And so as long as we're found guilty of doing the right thing in front of Jesus Christ and honoring his word and making ourselves uh, uh, worthy of his election, we're going to be fine. But again, all these things are perfecting us, y'all, and helping us and preparing us to be the best leader that we can be. And at the end of the day, that we're only going to be as good as our servanthood. So I love you all. That's my piece today. Uh, uh, you know, and so uh, um, I just wanted to make sure that I, I, I released that, y'all, because the devil, if he cannot destroy us, and I'm going to go ahead and say this to Pastor Christian, JY, Pastor Charles, but Dr. Jacob, if the devil cannot destroy you, he will send in somebody to distract and discourage you. Come on, somebody. I love you all. Dios lo bendiga. Yes, sir. Wait a minute. Amen to that. I got I to gotta make sure I get this right. I think I heard him right. I know I heard him right. <laughs> I'm finna do a whole teaching on this. The man of God said Judas was a snake, <laughs> but Peter was a fox. He was a fox. Oh, <laughs> Good God, I'm right. I'm finna you teach that. Scholar. You better Woo. get it. We talked about that last Sir, week. I'm gonna holler at you. You feel me though? Because it's the small foxes that spoil the vine. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me, Sir. but I'm gonna talk to you. Good God, I'm right. I'm finna go work on that, Doc. Thank you. I am so glad I'm in the office by myself, y'all. Y'all just don't know. I'm sitting here. Uh, a couple of things I want to say that brought my attention. One of them, y'all talked about praise and worship. And y'all remember the video where the pastor told them if they sing that song one more time, they needed to find another song. So I understand the uh, remix in the regular flow. But I have friends that can sing. And the one thing they say, when they come to your church, they don't want to come sing. They come to get a word because they need to be poured into. And sometimes they can't pour out the way they should pour out because they're not getting poured into the way they need to get poured in. So those are some of the things that that sparked my mind and it's so many y'all just don't know y'all be teaching mama some stuff y'all just don't know i thank y'all love y'all <laughs> no problem mama land listen to all the people in the audience who raised their hand listen know that we're not ignoring you we've been trying to wrap up this room for an hour now but y'all know how parking lot church go once it's christmas fall <laughs> listen parking lot church just go <laughs> It Christian that started it. <laughs> no, no, it's not. You asked me a question and I answered it. Yeah, but you God. answered it in a Christian way. Well, yeah, you shouldn't ask me the question. <laughs> <laughs> right, it was Christian fault. <laughs> but no, this
this is a powerful conversation, a good and a powerful conversation. And this is why I love this room so much, because like I said, we'll come in here on a three, but we'll leave on a five. We'll start on a one, but we'll leave on a five. And I believe that that's what God has called us to do, to empower the body of Christ, increase our faith, expand our territory, and cause us to think in a whole new way that causes us and the people around us to grow. So I appreciate you all for this conversation. What we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and uh, turn it over to Pastor Charles. And Pastor Charles, if you could keep Pastor Jacob and his family in prayer um, as you pray. But we're going to go ahead and pray out. Um, I have no announcements today other than click the link above. Make sure that you guys are partnering with this ministry, sewing into this ministry. Even if you have questions that you wanted to ask, but they have the opportunity to ask today, feel free to click the link and you can write us those questions and we'll answer them live on air as well. Um, click the button and you'll see those three options. You'll see where it says give, you'll see where it says partner, and you'll see where it says ask the prophet. You can click on any one of those links and you can get to us. Um, but yeah, Pastor Charles, also, throw it over to you. also click on the and join the um the wake up with the prophet. We're oh yeah, here, join the house. We're here every morning, prayerfully at eight o'clock Eastern, um where we hear a little bit of music, prayer, scripture, and we get into discussion. Um, it was really good discussion in here, and I see a lot of people came in. Please come share the room. Uh, it's some great dialogue, and I'm telling you now, you get some great knowledge from these men and women of God that you would typically have to pay a conference. Uh, <laughs> registration for, and they'll drop fresh uh, revelation. Um, I, I'm tell you this: I'm alive today because a lot of these brothers and sisters in here. So by all means, uh, Pastor Danny just blessed my soul so much today. Pastor Charles, Doctor Jacob, uh, uh, Pastor Christian, every single time, always get me in order. So um, come in here. Um, it's it's beautiful. It's amazing. We have great dialogue. And it get intense sometimes, and it, and and you may I cry, <laughs> and I laugh, I crack jokes. It's all the emotions in one, all the whole emotional roller coaster in one um, morning. So come on in, <laughs> please, 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 please. <laughs> Appreciate that, JY. Thank you so much for sharing the love. Listen, I'm telling you, this room is a great space. Yes, ma'am, Mama Lynn. We all learn something. You cannot come in this room and not learn something. Facts. I'm probably the oldest person on this panel. I learn something every day and it brings joy to my heart. So uh, this is a great room. Come dialogue with us. Awesome. Thank you so Mama much. Mama Lynn, you're not the oldest person on this. You are not the oldest person on this stage, Mama Lynn. That is Pastor Charles. Okay. Oh, um, see, I want you to know. Pastor, Pastor Charles looks 40 years older than you, Mama Lynn. You look so young. You like you about 17, Mama Lynn. I love you so much, Mama Lynn. Bless your heart. Just beautiful. Good God from Zion. <laughs> but Pastor Charles looks old. I mean, I love you, Pastor Charles. You know what? See, uh -uh. Pastor Charles, it wouldn't be today. Yeah, it wouldn't be today, Pastor Charles. You know, it was Jacob. I, I know, I know. But he, he might get a phone call after this is all over. Just me and him. And praise the Lord. Pastor Charles will take his story. He'll switch to his Android account. You better cut it out, Dr. Jacobs. You know, what I love about God and the phone is it gives you two options. It gives you one to accept and one to reject. Hey. Uh, I, need you, I need you to understand. You can reject the things you don't want. Man of God, God that's gas. That wasn't God. I know. I know. 
I know. And my wife's mad at me right now because of it. God bless you. I'm so weak at y'all. Pastor Charles, go ahead. Pray us all out. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Listen, uh, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you, Father, for all that our ears have heard. And Lord, even what our eyes have seen, Lord, the emojis and even heard the different uh, comments, Lord, that that uh, just was here, Lord, to bless our lives. Thank you, Lord, for uh, Prophet Amarius, God, as he has, Lord, been curating this room and, and the starter of it. And Lord, we just pray in Jesus' name that you would continue to Lord, allow us to be able to really enjoy one another's company, even from afar. Thank you that you're bringing us from afar, near to each other's ears and hearts. I pray, Lord, first of all, so Lord, we just ask you to bless and touch, Lord, Pastor Woodson, in the name of Jesus, from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet, whatever, Lord, he is standing in need of, Lord, whatever infection or whatever is not working the way it should. Lord, we just declare in the name of Jesus, nothing missing, nothing broken. We declare shalom, shalom over him, perfect peace in the name of Jesus. We thank you now for working out your work of healing inside of him. We declare in Jesus' name that, Lord, healing is the children's bread. And so we thank you that it belongs to us, your, ch your children, and that you would, Lord, just heal and touch and deliver by your mighty hand in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this rest of this day. Thank you, Lord, that for the time that we had shared. Make up for the time, God. Give us, Lord, redemption of the time to be able to do your will and your purpose today in the name of Jesus. Lord, tomorrow never comes. Yesterday is gone. Lord, we have today, for this is the day that you have made. And I thank you, God, that we can rejoice and be glad in this day. Be magnified, God, larger than life itself. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Charles. Thank you so much, everybody that came in the room for all the moderators and the guests that are on the stage. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. I love you guys. Listen, remember you guys to uh, listen, be sure to join the house by clicking uh, at the top of the page. Join Waking Up With The Prophet so you can get all the notifications when we go live every morning at 8 a.m. You can also subscribe, partner, um, connect with us by going to iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Music, because this is an official podcast. And if you ever want to hear one of the episodes, you can always go on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the other stuff to listen to one of those episodes. All right, now that's all my announcements officially. We're done for the day. Listen, I love y'all. I'm praying for y'all. And I hope you guys have a peaceful, prosperous, and a productive day. And I'll see you guys again tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Bye. This room is ending in three, two, one. Bye. 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 Adios. Bye.